myself Cause I can't afford to be here This is small town music This is big town music He's ahead of his time, you know But he can't use it If only he could prove it Well, tomorrow's just a song away A song away A song away Hey everybody, welcome to Rock Solid, the comedy podcast for all things music, both new and classic. I'm Pat Francis. I'm Kyle Dotson. And joining us today in the rock room, vaxxed and boosted, live and in person, to discuss a couple of Kiss albums, please welcome our good friend and Kiss aficionado, Christian Momin. How are you doing, Christian? I'm doing well, thank you. Thank you very much for having me again. We love it. We love it, and uh, and we're looking forward to... I've already figured out that the next the next three episodes after these two albums we can do we can do uh, what's it called Carnival of Souls and Psycho Circus we'll do those two sure then we're gonna do Sonic Boom and Monster good pairing and then we're gonna do Paul's solo album not his Kiss solo album but his solo album yes and Gene's album called Asshole we'll do those together I, and I. Not familiar with any of those. All right. Well, we'll make sure you get copies yeah. of those, Christian, in your cool. uh, in your stocking this Christmas. <laughs> and Now, I have to tell everyone that Courtney Cronin was supposed to be here, and we are sad to say she's not, but her husband had COVID. So to be safe, we decided that it would be best if, uh, even though Courtney has not tested positive yet, she did say she had a minor cough, and we just wanted to be safe, so... Um, we thank her for her honesty, but she is not here today. And we, we're, we're bummed because Kyle mm-hmm. was in town. He leaves tomorrow and yep. we've been planning this for a long time that when Kyle comes in town, let's get the four of us together because it's much more fun live and in person around the table. So we're going to have as much fun as we can, can, can yep. without Courtney and three fourths uh, of the fun today, three fourths of the fun. <laughs> I was bummed because Courtney's going to see Ramstein tonight. So she was going to hang out here at the house until the concert because she lives like down in Orange County area. So we were probably going to have lunch and have some good old times, but nope, nope. Nope. Now we're not. Next time. Next time. Yeah. All right. Christian, what's up with you? Any new acting gigs? Any new music gigs? What have you been doing? I've been auditioning okay. and being called back and being <laughs> oh, still working on a couple of uh, mm-hmm. video things that yeah. I'm going to put together myself, including some drum stuff. Cool. Um, I am scheduled uh, for a drum thing at the Improv again nice. for a show with Ralph Garman. And, uh, Good, that's great. Other We've done two other performances uh, where it's kind of this kind of throwback and he does Frank Sinatra and it's all... Does he do a Frank impression? He does a great Frank. Oh, that's and, terrific. Uh, does he dress like Frank? He does the tuxedo okay. and everything. Right. And do you know Antoinette Spolar? Oh, of course I of do. Of course. For, for the, uh, if you don't know Antoinette, if you watch the first five seasons of Curb Your Enthusiasm, she was Larry's secretary slash assistant in those episodes. That sure. is, Who that does is she Frank. do in the show? Liza Minnelli. Oh my God, she does a great Liza Minnelli. Inc- I remember it. Yeah, incredible. And she has the wig too. Oh yeah. <laughs> Tell her I said hello. <laughs> I will. So uh, that'll be in a couple of months. And then I hope to fill the calendar with other things before that. Let me know when that happens. Oh, I will. Also, you, you got to give me your phone number before you leave because I don't have your phone number. I just, it's all email. <laughs> okay, everybody. It's, no. I'm, now, one one question about no. one, one question about auditioning. Um, they have your headshot. Is it with the long hair and beard? Yes. It is. It is. But I, I had new shots taken a year ago, mm-hmm. so it's a lot longer now, so I, I need a few more. Okay. I so, need some new ones. So yeah, let me but, ask you something. Yes. Are they? Are you being brought in just for um, parts that are 
with long hair and beard, or are you still you'll do anything? Uh, I I will do anything I, I am hired for. I would yes. think if you like if you I think I would think with this look, they're bringing you in as a type. They're looking for you know a tough or a vagrant or a heavy, <laughs> a yes. heavy, yeah. Uh, and you're not not going to be the leading man, or do they? Can they? See, can casting people see past mm. the hair and beard for leading man parts? Maybe I th- yeah, to an extent. If you have to change your headshots, probably not. They probably can't right. see past. Them. You should have one <laughs> of those. This person doesn't one look one like the, anything. Like do they still do the four headshot where it's like leading man, this guy, that guy, and this guy? They, <laughs> the old school composite. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the composite. You with like a called. tennis racket and a cowboy hat and. <laughs> I'm the construction worker. Yeah. You could be all You're the, the village ca- people yes. all in one <laughs> I'm composite. I was going to say the entire cast of the village people. Yeah. Do you um, have one that's you? It's de-aged to aged up to like eighty. <laughs> like just like that's a great idea. <laughs> those four. That's a really here's good me idea. currently. Here's what I used to look like, and yeah. here's what I might look like. And what if they said, "Well, we'll call you in about twenty years." <laughs> okay. <laughs> Work up to that. What was the last gig you did acting? Let's see. Probably that uh, Nicki Minaj video. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. right. They've got like a gazillion hits. Yeah. That's cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, yes. But you've been on some soap operas and stuff too. I have. But not with this look. Not with this look. So yet. will they still bring you in for, uh, like, would you, are you willing to cut the hair and trim the beard for a part? I will shave the, bear, the beard clean, um, okay. but I really would rather not cut the hair. I mean. All right. You're all if, in on the rock and roll. I am. If the price is right, of course. But yeah. um no, I really, I just wanted to change my look, you All know, because right. clean shaven, short hair. There's so many guys like that. And, I get it. Uh, I get it. Yeah, that I just, I wanted to be more, like more of a character look. So can I'm, you can you come back on the soap opera as like a long lost twin of the oh, character evil you used Christian. to play? Yeah. Oh, that would be funny. Yeah, like evil that Spock. Would be funny. Um, but there was a guy who was on General Hospital for a long time mm-hmm. that an older guy, but he had the ponytail and the goatee, and it's like, well. All right. I was right. partially inspired by him. Here we go. And John Redcorn from King of the Hill, of course. <laughs> right, right, yes. <laughs> Whoa, what's that reference? Uh, King of the Hill is supposed to come back. They're going to do... I've heard that. They're going to get picked up, I think, for 20 episodes or something. I think that's what I heard. Yeah. Okay, here's yes. my other question. Yeah. My other question is, they make all these direct-to-streaming videos, like Bruce Willis, there's like 30 of them, and Steven Seagal and all these guys. Like, you would be perfect to be like one of the henchmen or the heavies in one of those. And I'm sure that pays money. Sure, sure. So how do you get, how do you get hooked up with that? I We're, think it would be perfect. Well, um, I... Okay, everybody out there in podcast <laughs> land. land. I am, I am uh, pursuing getting a new theatrical agent. Okay. I have management, I have commercial agencies, mm-hmm. but I I need a new theatrical. All right. And then uh, that's the main thing. And then, you know, start getting out on more specific All auditions. Right. Well, and I stuff, look forward so. to watching you uh, stand uh, next to, who would, who would he stand next to? I mean, in, they, the, in those movies, a Thomas lot of times Jane. everyone's green screen. <laughs> oh, even the actors? It's like, we got Thomas Jane for two days, so just green screen him, and then you're with everyone else. Yeah, yeah, it's true, it's true. They get the- He's gonna dive across, so just stand back a little bit, okay? (laughs) Yeah, they get the main actor, like, for, like, two days, and they film all that guy's scenes, but then they use him on the box and the poster. sparingly throughout. yeah. (laughs) And then he can go back to the golf course. Yeah, yeah, back to the golf course. (laughs) Stallone. All right, here we go. These albums are- uh, 1989's Hot in the Shade and 19, is it 92's Revenge? 
yes, those are the albums we're going to cover today. Um, I'm going to throw a curveball at you guys, though, to start out. There's three songs that were on Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. So I didn't tell you guys to listen to these, but we're going to play them. And so this is the first one we're going to talk about. It's called Let's Put the X in Sex. Heck yeah. So let's... <laughs> I'm ready for that. Let's cue it up and hear a little bit of it, then we'll discuss. Here we go. Hey, you! It's a seagull stinkeroo. Loves Like a Muscle and It Makes Me Want to Flex. Written by Paul Stanley and Desmond Child. When did this come out? This came out in 1988 as a, a bonus people, track on Thrashes, still writing letters? What do you mean? Because he said I got a letter. Is this supposed to be fan oh, mail? I, I guess so, yeah. You got it just the other day. Okay. <laughs> and then, of course, the dance would be he would is, cross is, his arms and make is, the X in the video. Is this That's his, right. Is this his way of putting like a, a personal ad out? Like... Missed connections. I don't know. It's hey, just... hey, did someone send me this? Are you a fan of Kiss? Did you send me this picture? Do you like pina coladas? Yeah, <laughs> yeah, and getting caught in the rain. Yeah. Now look, I the music makes me bop around. I yes. do like the music, but just the any time you tune in and pay attention to the lyrics, you're like, yeah, oh, wow, yeah. My the, God. the lyrics are, are suspect. I'm sure this is just a Paul solo song. I'm sure Gene isn't on this. This is just Paul went in and laid down a couple new tracks but i'm i played the seagull stinkeroo before it because i'm not i'm not a fan of this song so that's just me i'm it's a no from me what about you kyle it's hard to say because like on paper i'm like eh but then when it started to play i was like i do like this yeah so i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a i'm gonna say i like it okay all right and christian how do you feel about let's put the x in sex it's a it's boppy and it uh i do like the intro with just the guitar yeah. and then eric has got that kind of cool thing with the the bass and the mm-hmm. snare do, 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 do. Yeah. um but i guess it came out at a time when i was not super into kiss yeah and i was like what's this and i like the video sure that's fun <laughs> and with paul doing the, all, the, the whole ex- thing with yeah. his arms and the dancing and swinging his hips like that's, a chick that's right. Are they on a battleship or something, or I don't know, whatever. But uh, not their best. I'd give it maybe one out of two thumbs up. Or... You got to give. You got to commit. Commit. You, you got to say yes or no. Okay, I'll scrap it. All right, I'll scrap All right. it. All right. it's fine. Two no's. Sorry, yeah, Kyle. It's it's fine. fine. It's but fine. I'll let it go. It's fine. It's fine. All right, let's listen to the second new track from Smashes, Thrashes, and Hits. This was written by Desmond Child. Paul Stanley and Diane Warren. And the title is in parentheses, you make me and then rock hard. Now that could be many things that could mean you make me rock hard. Like we're rocking and rolling. Yes. Or it could be, you know, my, my penis. Here we go. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, you, 
times is kiss gonna say he loves like a glove i mean i feel like it's in <laughs> 20 songs um might me make me rock hard so, baby all night so we're we're desperate childhood die warren just happened to be in the room while he was writing like I, what <laughs> i don't know i mean normally they're dependable but i just don't know about this song i'm just i like your ideas but i'm not gonna i'll credit you yeah it's just it's an it's a definite no from me i mean it's just yeah, I, I, I like Let's Put the X in Sex better than this. Yes. The, the music's more fun. And the, 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 I don't like the mixing on this either. Mm-mm. No. I think the, I think these are Paul produced. <laughs> so, all right. Christian? Uh, you know, he could be writing it um, to his personal trainer. And <laughs> That's it true. could be a bu- That's bul- true. Get bulking up. up. Yeah. Look, you're Rock not wrong. Hard, man. Look, you're not wrong. Why should I why should I go in the gutter with it? Maybe it's a different <laughs> maybe it's something more than what we're thinking. Because he does have like aerobics lyrics. He's turning around, he's getting up, he's getting yeah. down. And and back <laughs> in the day he dressed like he was in a, a Jane Fonda video. <laughs> yeah. So did did you ever see the home video? I think it was Kiss Exposed. Is that when he's like in bed with like fifteen girls and stuff? Yes. <laughs> Yeah. Um, but they're, you know, it's all kind of jokey stuff, but it is. he, uh, he actually does do a little, uh, sketch where he is doing an exercise video and it, you know, of course it's all sexually related yeah. with his hip thrusts and, yep. but he's kind of dressed like Jane Fonda. I think it's I been think a while right. since I think I've you're seen. right. Oh my God. All right. We got one more off smashes, thrashes and hits. This is Beth, Eric Carr version. Now, I can't think of a bigger slap in the face to your former band member than to have your new drummer sing Peter's biggest song and Kiss's biggest charting song. It was song. to his wife at the time, correct? Or uh, girlfriend or something? Well, he, um, he kind of dedicated it yeah. to his wife, Lydia, but it was originally, you know, the origin Yeah, of it was the written song? for someone named Becky. And yes. He, and, he call, and he was singing Beck. Yeah. Beck, I hear you calling, and Gene Simmons was like, what are you, singing a song to Jeff Beck? Yeah, what's and, that about? What's that about, idiot? And the original tone of the song was, uh, I think, this guy Stan Pendridge, or somebody that uh, was in Peter Chris's band before Kiss, mm-hmm. uh, whose wife or girlfriend was always pretty much complaining and bitching, like, when are... <laughs> How much longer? Yeah, when, when are you, are you coming home? Be? And she's kind of a hypochondriac. So it's like, oh I'm sick. Can't you go? It's like, look, we're not done yet. Not I'll, done be, yet. I'll be home when I'm home. And I got to be honest, these phone calls are making me not want to come home at all. Exactly. <laughs> so that was the original yep. tone of it. I um, see. Written yeah. by Ezra, Bob Ezrin, Peter Chris, and Stan Pendridge. I, I think this is the exact same music track from Destroyer. I, it sounds exactly the same to me, except... Eric Carr is singing it, so let's check it out. 
No, we lost all the vocals from uh, from uh, from your Peter. from the destroyer from tapes, so we had to put we had to put them on. I guess they I guess they were thinking that they wanted to put it back in the set list, maybe, and so they wanted a version like this so that Eric could sing it live. I don't know if he ever did, but here we go. Doesn't the music sound exactly the same? It must be. It's got to be. It's, it's got to be. be the same track. Yeah. Now look, uh, he does a fine job singing it. He's got a great voice. I can't imagine that he wanted to though. Correct. I feel like he was strong armed into this. Like he's like yeah. probably like, guys, do we really want to do this? I mean, it's I also mean, after you watching a number of people be fired, you're like, uh, yeah, sh- yeah okay. sure, I'll do it. Okay, Gene and Paul, whatever you want. If you don't do it, Bruce will. <laughs> <laughs> Um, um, that said, I like the version. I like it because it's a good song. Yeah. So, and, and he doesn't ruin it. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, no. he doesn't have the whiskey rasp that Peter has, yeah. but it's good. It's fine. Yeah. Yeah. I'll, I, yeah, I, I like it. it. I, I hate the idea behind it. Yes. I like the execution. Yeah. I wouldn't skip it if it yeah. came up in my shuffle. So I'm going to say, yeah. Yeah. They, I'll say yeah. Yeah. I'll say no. Okay. It's a bit of a travesty, but it is a tra- I mean, I, I, I get yeah. it. Yeah, sure. But I feel, you know, I want to have respect for the deceased also. And Eric always seemed like a nice yeah. guy. Gene and Paul said uh, he had a great voice and he could really, like, you know, as far as all songs, a cover band, mm-hmm. he really sounded like everybody that he sang. Yeah. But it's just, you know, I heard or I read that, you know, he was always a little paranoid that. Peter Chris would hate him because he took his job and, you know, he was such a big fan. Yeah. So that's why, yeah, getting so, kind yeah, of so forced could, into doing this. This couldn't have helped at all no. with that paranoia. No. And, and sadly, they should have let Eric sing more on these albums. Now, the, yes. album, the album coming up, Hot in the Shade, there is a, there is a song that Eric sings and we'll get to that. Uh, in a while because there's 15 tracks on this album. Yeah, I wonder, if, I wonder if this was like kind of like, and they're like, all right, you want to sing? Sing this. And he's like, <sighs> like guys, can I sing 22. a song? Yeah, do you want to do Hard Luck Woman or Beth? <laughs> well, I guess Hard Luck Woman. Too bad. Yeah, right. Too Beth. <laughs> but he, he was singing Black Diamond live. Yeah, he was doing that live. some of those live. earlier yeah. things. Yeah. Yes, he was. Um, all right, now, when we do this through Zoom, the last time we did it, we had another person join us. We had Kyle Hildreth. We can call him Old Kyle. We can call him Cranky Kyle. Mm-hmm. We can call him Anti-Kiss Kyle. Whatever you want to call him. But- he recorded some intros for today. Okay. So before we get into Hot in the Shade, now this is a three-minute intro. I'm just telling you guys here at the table. All right, cool. I'll so, uh, some deep. <laughs> I think he's going to talk a little bit about the album cover and some other stuff. So let's hear a little bit of, not a little bit, but a lot. Three minutes, 16 seconds. That's a lot, Kyle. Here we go. Hey, everybody. It's Kyle. Still out here in the woods of Western Mass. Thanks for having me. I wish I could be there with all you. Um, unfortunately, you know, young Kyle there being in California and we have a pact where there has to be one Kyle always holding down the East coast and we drew straws and well, looks like this is my turn this time. So yeah, here we are with hot in the shade, ironically nicknamed hits. 
which uh, <laughs> that's not true. They had a couple, but uh, 15 songs. Finally, the Kiss album that everybody was clamoring for, the 15 song overloaded, overbloated album. Um, I got a good song. I got a bad song. And I got a whole lot in between. Well, let's talk about this cover. Um, not great. <laughs> I'm looking at it right here with me right now, and I'm sure you guys have said your piece already. But uh, nope. Okay, the good part about this cover is the graphic part, um, the postmark up in the corner there, with the kiss all around, make it look like the uh, you know the postmark part, and the hot in the shade title in the middle and the year. That's smart. That's just smart writing, uh, clever design. That part really stands out as the only good thing about this cover. Now, if you've never seen the cover, it's a sphinx that has sunglasses on it. Imagine a Weezer cover. <laughs> it's that. All right. It's not a Kiss cover. Do you, not, do, you not, do you not like this cover? No. Why okay, does the... Well, okay. Well, I, I like it for any other band. Okay, like, why wouldn't you put Kiss. makeup on the Kiss... Why wouldn't you put the Kiss makeup on the Sphinx? it's a non-makeup album. I know, but, but still, like, that's... It just has sunglasses on? It doesn't even have a nose. It should have, like, Groucho Mark... So glasses. you're like, how how does how does it even stay up? Yeah, it, does it have ears? Yeah, it has. Oh, it has ears. ears okay, that we can see. But. Let's keep going with Kyle. Hold on, big Kyle, old Kyle. Bad part about this cover is everything else. <laughs> um, the picture is muddy <laughs> to start with. It's you can't not really clear. tell exactly what you're looking at if you're ten feet away. Um, does anybody? I don't know if you've talked about this yet, but does anybody know what the hell sunglasses on a Sphinx means or is trying to say? <laughs> I understand it, the Sphinx is hot in the desert and sunglasses are cool. What Kyle wants to interject? The, the Sphinx is not in the shade. It's in the desert. It's in the desert. There's no shade There's in the no desert. shade. But on the cover, they made some shade. Yeah, I don't know where that's coming from. I don't either. <laughs> I mean, the sun... What is the light source on this image? I mean, is the sun going down? Would that cause that to look like that when I mean, the sun goes down maybe but still not the shit it's not i know all right let's keep going but <laughs> it's a lot to hell? unpack come on this is just not, it's not even lazy writing in this one this is just <laughs> uh, it's a bad dad joke it feels like it's something <laughs> that your dad would laugh at you wouldn't he thinks it's hilarious like gene would maybe or paul um and it just doesn't translate as well and leave it to kiss to be the only band to put sunglasses on a statue without a nose. That's just <laughs> genius. Yep. But that's Kiss, isn't it now? Um, so yeah, and back cover is even worse because it's a close-up of sand or dirt. Yeah, it's awful. And it's so it's, out of focus. again, muddy and hardly can tell what it is and it just makes the type, you lose the type in the back and it's garbage. <laughs> I do like the inside picture though. That's fun. <laughs> With Eric Carr and his... No, no shirt, white coat, Miami Vice look, uh, with Gene hugging him and Paul uh, angled towards Gene, little three-man group there. Oh, there's another guy in the game. Oh, the band. Look at that. Um, hi, it's Bruce. I guess he's in the band now after three albums. What the hell? What? Oh, Jesus Christ. All right, so... Exasperated. <laughs> it's not perfect, but God help us, it's better than that last piece of crap. With uh, There's no thongs on this one. I don't care seeing Eric Carr's belly. I'll see a hundred Eric Carr bellies if I don't have to see Gene put the uh, guitar on his crotch, and I don't have to see Paul's crotch at all. So yeah, so far so eh. Um, but that's my thoughts on the cover. So let's get to the music. All right, that's also, what we're gonna do. Why is there a postmark on this? 
I, I don't it's know. Not it's not a postcard. It's not a postcard. It doesn't say like greetings from. There's a. There's a. I mean, look. If they I, played I th- live in Cairo and without this postmark, and that was the cover, okay. I think in concert. I think for this tour, they had the Sphinx on the stage. So okay. they, I think they were solely thinking about, hey, wouldn't a Sphinx with sunglasses look cool on stage? Yes. But they <laughs> thought it would be a good. It is a bad album cover. I've never really looked at it this uh, this closely in my life. But yeah, it's you don't know it's a you don't instantly recognize it as a Kiss album cover. No. Like if it's Christian, what do you think in the store? Well, this was 1989. When were, yeah. uh, you know, the singing jazz group Raisins? <laughs> they were like California, the California raisins. raisins. Yeah. They were all cool and wearing shades. Yeah. And then McDonald's had that kind of crescent moon. Oh, Mac the night. Yeah. <laughs> Mac tonight. <laughs> Mac tonight. Mac tonight. You know, Doug Jones was the original actor for Mac no tonight. Way. Yeah. That's great. Doug Jones has done everything. Yeah. He plays Bruce Kulick on this album. <laughs> Um, all right, Kyle, that was a lot to unpack, buddy. Three Woo. minutes and 16 seconds. I think later on, we and we have some commentary from Kyle throughout now. Uh, oh, good. Via these uh, recorded messages. But um, what are you looking at? What's, just looking at the, all right, just just look at the shelves. Yeah, look around. Well, you've been in this room a million times. <laughs> all right. The album kicks off. And all the songs I'm playing today are from the iTunes remasters. All these albums have been remastered again for iTunes. And I... Bought a couple of them. I don't know why, but I did. And the ones we're listening to today are all from the iTunes remasters. Okay, the opening track is called Rise to It. Let's hear it. All right. As far as the Kiss Boner songs go, I, I, I find this one to be a little bit more clever. I don't know why. And I really, I I love this song. I really think this is a great album opener. And and this is one of the ones on this album that I really, really like. And I, uh, I did, it starts out with a really cool Bruce Kulick guitar. It's like a steel guitar. I want to yeah, play a little bit of that. A little slide action there. Yeah. It was just too much to play at all and then get into some lyrics. But here's how it starts. It's really cool. This goes on for about 20 seconds or so before the song kicks in. All right, so that's it. So Kyle, what are your thoughts on Rise to It? Um, I will give it to you. Yes, it's a more clever boner song. It's very... (laughs) It's very generic, kind of. In what way? The lyrics or the music? Both. Girl, if you give me an occasion, I'm going to rise to it yeah it just is like uh it just sounds generic like it just is what about the i'm gonna rock 
I'm gonna ride, I'm gonna ride, yeah, yeah. You don't like that? I, I, mean, I love that part. I love it too. Look, I, yeah. I like it. I like the parts. I'm just saying, I think it's near. I think it tilts into the like for me. All right, all right. So we got but two I, likes. But I don't know. All right, Christian? I think it's a great track to open the album. Here's yeah. the new Kiss album, everybody. Uh, it sounds like a Kiss song. Yeah. Um, and the innuendo is great. It's. I'm surprised you didn't think of it earlier. Um <laughs> But, you know, just taking that phrase, rise to the rise, occasion, yep. and uh, making about a boner. Boner. There, yeah, boner. It's just yeah. simple as that. Um, I love the rhymes with, I'm impatient, time's a-wasting, <laughs> give me an occasion. <laughs> they rhyme enough. <laughs> they, try, they try to fit it in there yeah. for sure. So Paul Stanley says that they rhyme. <laughs> when he, and if he says it, yeah. Um, I love the chorus. And I love the right. I think that's fun. Um, and just you know, when you're lying next to me, I can guarantee I'm gonna rise. To I'm gonna it. rise to it. And it's kind I re- of a compliment. I, yeah, it's a compliment. Hey, hey, I can, and I really can do it. Yeah, and uh, yeah, it's better than Love Gun when he goes, "Girl, I can make you feel okay." <laughs> I mean, it's much better than <laughs> that. ringing endorsement. Yeah, <laughs> just okay. <laughs> and he almost says it in this song, "Girl, I can make you feel." And there's a pause, and it's, oh, okay. okay. It's just like, all right. <laughs> so that was written by Paul Stanley and Bob Halligan Jr., who, mm. who I think wrote a couple, uh, co-wrote a couple songs on some Judas Priest albums, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. And just to, uh, uh, first of all, I got to preface, um, a lot of these songs uh, from this area, mm. the first time I heard them was on a home video called Kiss Extreme Close-Up, where they basically played the entire video. Yeah, so it yeah. was like a career retrospective right. but then they played the, this is the most current stuff they were um, big into the home videos back in the day the, yes. the vhs's yeah they yes. really were and uh do you know this one where uh it starts off and gene and paul are putting on makeup yes yes yeah this video yeah 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 and that that was really cool for fans because yep. they don't wear the makeup in the video right. but they're just putting it on and talking and then at the end of the video they're fully dressed they're fully and dressed they're going back you know and it was like it was like for no reason whatsoever other than for the fans to let them let us see them in makeup yeah. again. It was interesting. You know, and the conversation they're having is like it's supposed to be backstage nineteen seventy five. Yeah, yeah. And they're just they're talking about how, you know, we could take off the makeup, we could play clubs, we could do whatever we want yep. to and just to kinda emphasize yeah. that, hey, look, they haven't worn makeup and in all these years. What was it? Yeah. And when they put it on, they look exactly the same as they did when they took it off. Pretty cool. Okay, next song is called Betrayed. This one's written by Gene Simmons and Tommy Thayer because back in, in at the time, Tommy Thayer was running like the KISS organization more or less. He was he was behind the scenes doing a lot of stuff. So, and Gene knew him because Gene produced some Black and Blue albums, one or two of them. And so Gene wrote this song with Tommy Thayer who will be in KISS eventually. And this is called Betrayed. Yeah. 
this this is the thing that I hate a, that any band does is the first time you ever hear the song, you know what the next rhyme's going to be. You know it in your head. It's just like a band. That, I mean, it's just. I mean, and the way it starts, you pay your taxes, you pay your rent. Yeah, it's it's like weirdly like a schoolhouse rock lyric for yeah. the first verse. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not a fan of that song. Betrayed. I just picture like. Scrooge McDuck singing this. <laughs> Sometimes I feel like these Gene songs are written in like five minutes. It's like it's always a first uh, draft. With like Gene. this, this was written on April sixteenth and recorded on the seventeenth. Yeah, he just he just paid his taxes <laughs> the day before. He's pissed. He's pissed. He didn't want to pay any taxes, but he had to. Yeah. So it's a no for me on Betrayed. Oh my god, I don't like it. The music's okay, but just and Gene's vocal, I guess, is okay, but just. The lyrics ruin it for me. And I'm a lyric guy always, so that's me. Kyle, what about you? Yeah, I don't I don't like this for many of the reasons we said. It just is also just like it's just him bitching about being rich and paying taxes. Like it seems he even says bitching, bitching <laughs> yeah. it. Oh my god. Christian, and again, if we just because we don't like it doesn't mean you can't like it. I want you to know that. For me, this song is kind of filler and it's kind of like, well. You know, they can't all be good. Yeah. What do you, you know? And it's like with an, with an album that has 15 songs, Yeah, this is the first that should have been left off. Well, also, it's filler at number two. At number two, <laughs> we're filling like, it. Because, um, yeah. Because they got to go Paul, Gene, Paul, you know. Yeah, the, it really is. It, it really does go Paul, Gene, Paul, Gene. I mean, there's a, I think there's a point where there's two Paul songs in a row. But yeah, they're really, they're really trying to, you know, and, and Eric sings one. So, I, you know, they're really trying to be fair with each other but the best songs have to stay like when i used to go see a sketch show and everyone i think this was at acme i um, probably was yeah everyone got to write a, had to get their written material in the show yeah. and that didn't always make the show good because like let's say i was a great sketch performer but a terrible writer but two of my sketches are in there that's not good make the show the best it can be make the album the best it can be yeah and this is not this is not good. Yeah. Well, I think um, I think there's kind of a good hook in the chorus, mm-hmm. um, and to get uh, drum nerdy, almost the whole song, Eric's playing quarter notes on the snare, mm-hmm. which I'm a huge fan of. Uh, but just the song itself, not mm-hmm. not so much. I mean, um, and with the title "Betrayed," I feel like the lyrics don't aren't talking about betrayal, are they? Betrayed by the IRS, by America itself. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> live it, live in that dream, and they just suck you dry. Suck you dry. Okay. And uh, and just putting it in context, so on IMDb, Gene only had one credit other than Kiss videos. A movie called Red Surf in 1989. He okay. Played a character named Doc. Uh, but he must have been also busy with his own label. So this was before that Tom Selleck runaway movie? I think it was after. Okay. I all think right. it was after. But then uh, on IMDb for this whole time period, it seems to be all Kiss videos. Okay. So his focus was going back to, you know. Kiss. Make it, yeah. Making right. Kiss. Making, making subpar. And with the dollar sign records, his own <laughs> dollar label. Dollar sign records. Yeah. What a douche. <laughs> all right. Track three. Now this is from this is from the songwriting team that brought you You Make Me Rock Hard. This is <laughs> Among Paul, others. Paul yeah. Stanley, Desmond Child. Oh no, this is Holly Knight. Oh no, it is Holly. Wait a minute. Did I give a miscredit on I said Diane Warren on You Make Me Rock Hard, right? Isn't that what I said? Let me make yeah, sure. Yes, you did. Uh I'm gonna make sure of that. I'm gonna get it right. 
Yes, it was Di- Diane Warren. So they kick her to the curb and they bring in Holly Knight, you know, former guest, friend of the show. Oh, nice. she's the reason that Rock Hard wasn't good. Uh, that was <laughs> That's the weak right. link. Sure, uh, absolutely. In that writing team. All right, so this is Hide Your Heart. I think this was the first single in video. And um, I love a story song. So let's, let's hear the story. All right, so let me tell you this before we talk about this song. It it actually went right into the next. This was recorded in 1989 on a Kiss album, and Ace Frehley also recorded this song on his album Trouble Walkin'. So here's what's going to happen. I'm going to go back to this Paul Stanley version, and I'm going to let it go right into the Ace version. Okay? So this is Kiss, and we're going to go right into Ace. This is Ace. Obviously, Paul is, is a better singer than Ace, but Ace is doing a good job on it, too. So let's talk about it. First of all, I've been going first, so I'll just keep doing that. And we put Christian last. That's mean because he's our guest. Whatever. But uh, Whatever. I fucking love Hide Your Heart. I love everything about it. I love the story as simple as it is. It's just, you know, love triangle. I, I just love it. I think Paul sings his ass off on this song. Uh, everything about it I love. And... Uh, and I enjoy Ace's version too, but Kisses is better. But that, I just love it. Kyle, what about you? Yeah, no, I, I like this song a lot. I think every story song, you need a Johnny. You do need a Johnny. <laughs> every single story song. <laughs> yep. Uh, whether it's the so Outsiders they, that or box. whether yeah. it's, yep. yeah. Yep. Check that box. Um, and then, yeah, no, I, I just, I like it. And the Ace version is very interesting. Yeah, I, I just don't understand how it even happened. I mean, uh, we'll gladly take Ace's money. <laughs> I mean, real. I mean, yeah, the same year, 1989. It wasn't even like a couple, you know, years later. And it, yeah, you know, Ace wanted I, to record it. I like when they all sing together. Yeah. Yes, I do too. I always like that. So that, I do that too. wins points for me. And then uh, it does kind of sound like a Paul solo song, though. Uh, well, I I think those drums are definitely Eric Carr. Though. They're kind of thunder drums on there. So. I, I know what you're saying, though. Yeah, it doesn't... But Paul did write it, so... Yeah, 
All right. Okay. Christian, what about you on Hide Your Heart? Well, um, I also love it. Yeah. Um, first off, you know, a lot of like theater actor nerds like me, mm-hmm. you know, the line streetcar named desire. Yes. What? Home? what? Yeah. I, uh, so that gets my attention. Um, you know, good story song, like, mm, take, the mo- like take the money and run. Yeah. Yeah. You know, stuff like it. that. Um, the chorus is incredibly infectious. Yes. Really, really, uh, sticks with you. Um, and then, you know, uh, post-guitar solo, though it, it breaks down, mm-hmm. gives it a good place to build back up. Um, but I wanted to ask you, what do you, th- what do you think of singing, acting? Like, you could feel a chill. <laughs> when they, like, they're singing, but then they kind of, like, act yeah, like a line. Act, yeah. And then they go, do you, what do you? <laughs> I mean, with. Because with the, there's a good example of that. With this know? song, I enjoy it. Because okay. I think he just. He's so into this song. He's selling this song 100%. He's all in on this song. Yeah. Um, and this was the first song I heard from this album. I think I heard it on the radio. So I was so excited for Hot in the Shade because when I heard this, I'm like, oh my God, this is going to be amazing. And well, we'll yeah. get to it. But it's three yeses then. Yeah. I mean, I like back uh, to the acting point, like he's, he's a hundred, he's, he believes in this song 100% and he's, grooving with it too whereas like gene is just saying words in betrayed so <laughs> yeah, like Gene's he's just, just like, saying words he's re- he could be reading a teleprompter he doesn't yeah. but paul is paul is into this song it's in his blood this song he just loves it um and had you ever heard the ace version before i had never heard that before so you know shock me <laughs> <laughs> 2000 man um and I, at the kind of at the end, as the song is fading out, Paul sings some really good notes. It's yeah. just classic Paul. Yep, going for it. Yeah, his voice is in great shape. It is. And um, yeah, and I, I like the lyric, Tito looked for Johnny with a vengeance. And a gun. And a gun. Johnny better run, better he, run. He better run. <laughs> better hide your heart. The I lisp is... Turned to ten in this one. Oh, there's there's some songs coming up when the yeah. lisp is turned to ten, but um, and the girl in the video is so cute. <laughs> if I can just add that, I got to go back to the oh, video my and goodness. see it. That's Paul. <laughs> Whoa, oh, that wasn't a girl. That was Paul. <laughs> Kyle said it. <laughs> all right, I'm gonna ask. I'm gonna ask Ace a question. Ace, we all think that this song rocks. Do you think this song rocks? Sure, baby. All right. <laughs> did this char- did this song chart? Was this a uh, hit? Or I don't know. Let me I find mean, it out. It was perfectly made for the video, and I mean, perfectly in, you know made for like. I mean, a in, pop. Eight, in '89, it, it's tricky what would chart and what wouldn't. But That's let me find a good out. Point. Let me look up some Kiss singles and see where this went. I mean, I remember it being on MTV a ton, but uh, did it? Uh, I mean, where's the single chart for Kiss? The the Ace one, he's kind of trying to make it sound like a little bit like a Bon Jovi or like a Brian Adams song. Like he's not, it's not like it's Ace singing clearly, but the tone of the song sounds a little bit like one yeah. of those. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, they, I mean, but then when the chorus kicks in, it just sounds like the other one, which is very strange. Okay, I'm almost there. Uh, wait, I mean, it charted at number 66. Mm, okay, all right. I mean, obviously... Drop that an, down to three. There's another and, song on this album that did much yep. better. We're getting then, to it. And then U.S. Rock Chart, it went to number uh, 22. So all right. there's that. 
All right, moving on to what's the next track? Written by Gene Simmons and Bruce Kulick. It's called Prisoner of Love. Now, here's the problem with this album. I, I don't, and I listened to it in preparation. I don't know this song at all. Hmm. Like, it doesn't, it's not memorable to me at least. To this whole thing Didn't this morning. I you. couldn't yeah. tell you one lyric from this. Yeah, I, I don't know. <laughs> so let's find out. Prisoner of Love. I mean, you know, the music has me bopping and rocking, but the lyrics do nothing for me. The this the singing does nothing for me. I mean, and I just I mean, that's a no for me. It's just such it that's generic to me. Kyle. Yeah, again, that we're over two on Gene songs so far. Yeah. And we're and we love both Paul songs. Yeah. All right. This is co written by Bruce Kulick. Yes. Um it's been said it's kind of a swing shuffle vibe yeah, it is, to it. it. Is, um, yeah. And Bruce does good work. Um, but did you catch the part? Uh, do you know Iron Maidens, the rhyme of the ancient mariner? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Doodly, 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 doodly. There's a part where There's they're a doing bit that. In there. Yeah, yeah. And then I think you know, the intro, and then they, there's in the middle of the song, there's a little breakdown. To me, it sounds like Tonight I'm Gonna Rock You by Spinal Tap. Oh, no. Ow, that, ow, that can't ow, be good. Ow, 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 ow. Okay, whatever. Um, yeah, I th- you know, and um, there's a lot of things that get overused in songs and, like, breaking the chains. <laughs> it's just one. I mean, you know, it's, yeah. I just like, God, I've heard of that a million times. A but, million times. Um, but I think... Uh, and if you can't believe all your alibis, I can tell by that look in your eyes. And it's, it's a cool rhyme. Yeah. I haven't heard alibis and eyes. Eyes, yeah. Rhyme. Yeah, so. But it's kind of a no for me, too. Yeah. It just doesn't really grab just, me. And again, when you have an album with it, it's got 15 songs on it. Whittle some of this down, please. Please. <laughs> okay, coming up next. Yeah, well, can, can, can you tell me, does it say on here, how long is the album? Uh, yeah. I think it was like 58 minutes no, or I can something tell you how long it is. when I looked, but I can't it's remember. It's 58 minutes, 39 seconds. Okay. So, and it was because CDs were kind of new and they could fill up that much time? They could fill time. up that much time, yes. All right. Yeah. Let's, so, let's take some songs from the scrap bin. Also, <laughs> also, the previous album was produced by Ron Nevison, so they have an outside voice that's kind of steering them in good ways. This is produced by Gene and Paul. And again, I don't know, they do this a lot. They they work with a producer and they have, you know, kind of a hit album. And then they're like, they think that the reason it was a hit is because of them. So then they're like, well, we can just produce you it. you know how need... much money we lost on yeah, that guy? By, give, by giving it to Ron Nevison. <laughs> so, I mean, there's no, out, there's no outside voice. You know, if Paul gets seven songs, then Gene's getting seven songs. And it's just... And I think we've said this before. I'm pretty sure they go in, they produce their own song. Yes. Yeah, I think that too. There's no like. Yeah, like Paul's Gene, not producing the Gene songs. No. Gene's not, you know. Yeah. Maybe and, they have a little input and, here and there, and, but it's like. And I bet Paul listens to Gene songs and in his head thinks, 
these suck. And but then he tells Gene, "Sounds good, Gene," because he just wants people to listen to the album and say, "I love the Paul songs." Yeah. So, mm, all right. Fascinating. The next track is written by again Paul Stanley and the aforementioned Bob Halligan, who wrote they wrote "Rise to It," and this is called "Read My Body." Oh boy! Right here we go. <laughs> It's a cigar stinkaroo. Do you want to know what I'm thinking about? Do you wonder, do I want to make you scream and shout? Shout it out! <laughs> Would you like to see what's in my brain? Does your curiosity make you insane? This sounds like an Aerosmith song. Yeah, it sounds like them wanting to be Aerosmith, yes. but they don't have that groove and they don't have yeah. that they don't have the the humor that Steven Tyler can bring to like a song like Dude Looks Like a Lady or Love in an Elevator. They can bring a thing to where you don't wince. But this this is just this is some warrant bullshit. This is <laughs> fucking this is Jesus Christ. Read my body. Is that person illiterate? I mean, this is... Let's get into that, yeah. I I hate it. Is it almost like Joan Jett, too? I love rock and roll, kind of, I don't know. Yeah, like, they're trying to be everyone else but themselves with this song, and it's not working. This isn't what they do. It's not working. And then he does that... A little bit of the rapping that, you know, that he did on what All Hell's Breaking... It's just not... This is awful to me. This is them trying to capitalize on the time period they're in and failing on all accounts. And this is where the consistency drops. Like Paul just had rise to it and hide your heart. And then this is an epic fail for me. (laughs) Christian, what are your thoughts on, on read my body? Well, in the opening seconds, there's a cool little thing played on cowbells on a, you know, different tone cowbells. Uh, but it's just for a few seconds. It's just the intro. Um, and that it doesn't sound like a kiss song, but then once they get into it, it okay, it sounds yeah. like a bad kiss song. I, I enjoy the rapping Paul, and we haven't heard the end of that. I like rapping Rodney better than rapping Paul. <laughs> I remember that. Um, you know, uh, there's okay, um, in what the pre chorus, mm-hmm. I really like there's kind of a build up in there, but that's the only part I like in the very end of the song. Gene and Paul are kind of trading some, yeah, 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 you know, and that's all right. But those are but just you, the only you, parts. You have to make it to the end of the song to get to that. Exactly. All right, I'm going to play that that little cowbell part that you're talking about. Later. Okay. Here we go. Yeah, cool. Yeah. Oh, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now, it's, yeah, and then it sounds like a kiss song again. And it's kind of a similar beat yeah. to "I Love It Loud." Yeah, it is. Boom. It is. Boom, boom. And, um, and I love that Paul. I like that Paul introduces it. Here we go. That's right. This is the beginning of the song. Hey, go to the bathroom <laughs> if you ding, need to ding, go. Go ding dinky dong. Go ding dinky. Here we go. And uh, you know they're uh, talking about "Shout It Out," which is just 
makes you think of Shout It Out Loud. Yeah. But the, the reading theme, I like the lyric where he goes, are the letters big enough? <laughs> And then, uh, so that's a boner joke again. <laughs> that's a boner joke. Read my body, read turn my the body. page, get to the good stuff. <laughs> read my body. Maybe, I mean, maybe if it was, maybe if there was different music with these lyrics, I just, oh, yeah, I'm just, it's well, just more cowbell is what we're all saying, right? Something, it's rough for me. <laughs> all right, moving on to song six. It's a Gene song now, written with, uh, I don't know how to say his name, Vinny Ponacea. Ponchia? I think that's close. Yeah, yeah. He's I've the guy. S- he's the guy that produced Unmasked and uh, and Dynasty, and also Peter's solo album. Peter's solo seventy eight. So they they went back to. So I don't know if this is a song from that era, or if they got together in eighty nine and wrote some new songs. But yeah. this is Love's a slap in the face, and again, here we go with. I, I don't know this. I don't. This song, I can't tell you a thing about it. It's like I've never heard it before, even though I just heard it this morning. And last week. <laughs> so here we go. Okay. <laughs> Are you fucking kidding me? First I've been, of all. I've been up, down, and all around. I mean, as soon as he said I've been up, you knew he was going to be down, and you kind of knew he was going to be all around. He's run yeah, the once gamut. He, once he confirms the down, you can then... Oh, my God. With 100% okay. certainty, predict the all around. I mean, such... I mean, these guys worship the Beatles, and this is what they came up with. I'm up, down, it would all be better around. Better if he just sang "Hop on Pop." <laughs> <laughs> I've got a fox in socks. He's up and he's down. <laughs> hey, Marissa. Hi. This is Christian Momi, and this is Kyle's wife, Marissa. Hey, Marissa, how you doing? Where are you going? Have fun at the pool. Oh, Don't lock pool. yourself out. Sure, baby. She's going to the pool. All right, back to Gene. I'm starting it, taking it from the top. That same cadence though with the gene chorus it's like a good girl right. gone bad like he right. just does this but uh, that production for me is so noisy and shitty like his voice is so back in the mix and that guitar is so loud mm-hmm. it's not a good it's not a good mix to me um does, does it sound a little like put the x in sex a <laughs> kind, little, little, a bit. little bit yeah. it does and um I mean, it got better for me, but again, it's for me, it's forgettable. Was so. he married at this time? Because like his first one's like he's a prisoner of love, and no, now he's, he, he okay. wasn't married he, till way later. He, or like with like, was he with Cher at this time? He, uh, no, I think he was with <laughs> Shannon was, Tweed. He was oh. with Shannon Tweed yeah. at this point. Yeah, yeah, they'd been together a couple years. Because yeah. so far, he's been betrayed by the IRS, and but he's also in love. Yeah, and he's a prisoner of love. He's slapped in the face. It's fucking. Yeah. I don't know. It's that's a no for me because it's just not memorable. There's nothing yeah. for me to grab onto. There's nothing original or distinctive. No, I, oh. I liked it while I was listening to it. Mm-hmm. 
but in 10 minutes, I'm not going to be right. able to remember anything about it. Yeah, yeah, that's the thing. That's the problem. Like, that's that's how you know it's not a single or a hit. Yeah. Or... No. And just uh, lyrically, too, um, I never knew I could hurt so good. No, no. I never thought I'd say no, 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 no. <laughs> so if, if you're not rhyming, just add on a no or a yeah or a he, oh he, or whatever. He has a song on Crazy Nights called No, No, No. That's right. That's All right. right. Kyle Hildreth wants to weigh in on this song. Here we go. Are you kidding? The song is crap. Sure, baby. Oh, Ace agrees. All right. <laughs> All right. We got a double shot of Paul coming up. This next one, co-written with Paul... And Michael Bolton. And that's right. I mean, you heard correctly, everyone. But wow, this this is just, I mean, this is a killer. I mean, this is a killer. I mean, and this is a power ballad. This is, this is full on and forever is a power ballad. In every sense of the word, yes. And they, it's a home run for me. So here we go. I gotta tell you what I'm feeling inside. I could lie to myself. There's no denying when I look in your eyes Girl, I'm out of my head over you And I lived so long believing all of this crime But everything about you is telling me this time It's forever This time I know it's just no doubt in my mind Now, we're not going to get to it, but Bruce Kulick has an amazing acoustic guitar solo in this. Oh, yes, he does. Yes. The, the video was cool because it was just them sitting in stools, just in normal clothing. Mm-hmm. and just. But Jesus, Paul sings his... If you thought he sang his ass off earlier, this is killing it. Yeah. His register is really high, especially in those uh, choruses. It's yeah. It's just really so killer up notes. there. I mean... Yeah. And... I, I don't think Michael Bolton ever took a stab at singing this himself. I'm surprised because that used to happen a lot back in the seventies. Like, um, you know, uh, with, uh, with like, uh, Kenny Loggins and uh, Michael McDonald would, would write a song together and they'd both record it. Or Michael McDonald and Carly Simon both wrote, you belong to me. And they both recorded it. So yeah. I'm surprised Michael Bolton, maybe Michael, even Michael Bolton said, I can't best that. Mm. I've got a seven octave range. Do you think they were, and sitting, I can't, they were sitting down to write, and Paul was like, where can we put in? I'm going to dump you like a truck. And they're like, well, save that for later. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> Maybe this, we get through this. Lyrically, it's great. Musically, the, it's great. The penis jokes? <laughs> it almost, it's almost too good to be on this album. It's yes. almost too good of a song to be on this album. Mm-hmm. I, If you ask me what song this album was from, I would say it's on whatever one Tomorrow is on. I would have assumed they were on like a similar... <laughs> on, on like Unmasked or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's just, I, would have, I would have never guessed this album. No, I mean this this song, and that's I, the standout hit, right? It's like, the, that's sta- the yeah, it's the and I'll and I'll look and see where it charted, and you guys can uh, keep talking about number it. Number eight, actually, it went to number eight. Yeah, Jesus, that's the, one of their highest charting songs since Beth. Yeah, and in 1989, for Kiss to have a, a hit like that is mm-hmm. crazy. Yeah, it should have been a number one hit. I mean, 
I mean, if When I See You Smile went to number one in 1989 as a power ballad, uh, it did. Yeah. Look, you're looking in the sky. Like oh, no, no. I'm, I'm, uh, that was, wait, wait, what was that? Damn, damn Yankees? Yeah, uh, bad no, English. Bad English, right. Uh, this, I'm surprised this didn't. All, and, and again, The Flame in 1988 went to number one. I'm surprised mm. Forever couldn't get there but because uh, it's so good. But I love it. So it's a yes for me. Kyle? Oh, yeah. That's great. And Christian? Um, definitely a big yes. Um, I mean, I've got some nerdy little things. Yeah, tell us. Okay. We need the nerds. Okay. <laughs> well, um, I, for a power ballad, I really like how the drums and the power chords don't get lost in the mix. They, right. they really remain prominent mm-hmm. through the whole song. I like that. Um, uh, Just like loves a slap in the face. Really great mix. Crisp. <laughs> That's the thing where there's no consistency on this album. We we have loves a slap in the face, which sounds like shit production wise, into this, which sounds perfect. Keep going oh, oh, with the nerds. Sorry. With the nerds. Bring the nerds. Okay. No. Uh, I am a romantic, so I I think these lyrics are great. Yeah. They're all real sincere mm-hmm. and stuff. Um, now here's something interesting. Um, there's a Brian Adams song, Straight from the Heart, yeah. from 1983. I know it well. Same rhythm, same melody, but they make it just different enough. There's no copyright infringement. you know. Right. They uh, And then even the end of it, uh, for Boys of Summer by Don Henley, it's kind of the same key, same notes, but they make it their own. Yeah. But That's- they're just... Yeah, familiar. that's where the musician side of yeah. you is coming out when we when we need you for the show. Yeah. So very good. Oh, thank. You. And I love like like you were saying. I love the acoustic solo from Bruce. Yep. And I love just the little thing where Paul kind of starts him singing. Oh, he starts early. Yeah. While the solo's still yep. fading out, and I just like when people do that. That just ties right into the I mean, next verse. And, and, and the build in this, it's like it's like Celine Dion, but everything. Yeah. Oh, he was telling me this time, and then just. Boom, straight up to the top of the register. It's mm-hmm. forever. Great. There's no tune. doubt in my mind. It's forever. <laughs> Ugh. Yeah, you know. Okay, moving on. Song eight, Silver Spoon. Now, this is written by Paul and, and Vinny Pontia. Pontia, however you say it. So mm-hmm. they must have gotten back with him to write some songs for this album. They must have had a songwriting yeah. session for him. And. Um, say anything about it until we hear it. So this is Silver Spoon. Kudos to Paul for leaning into the songs with S's. Because Mm. if I had a lisp, I would try to avoid ever singing a song with an S. Mm -hmm. But he's... 
He doesn't care. But I mean, Silver Spoon. Um, I lo- <laughs> look. This this song closes out. If you bought the vinyl, this song closes out side one, and and I love this song. This I think Paul's songs, the four Paul songs in this album, or on this side, save the album for me. I love Rise to It, Hide Your Heart Forever, and Silver Spoon. I really really love these four songs. If I'm being honest, they're the only four songs I like on the album, and I know we have seven more to go. <laughs> so, but. These songs are the four that I love. Kyle, Silver Spoon. Yeah, this is this is good. I think I think no matter what comes after forever, like directly after it, well, it's gonna sound. And I knew, and they actually should have closed out the side with forever. I think, yeah. But they they were smart enough to not follow it up with a Gene shit track. <laughs> you know, at least yeah. they go. We got to Paul has to follow Paul on that one because Gene cannot. Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah. So you, it's a yes from you? Yeah, I think it tilts into yes. And the thing is, a song like Silver Spoon, Spoon seems like a nine compared to what else is on the well, album. Yeah, that's true, too. Like that, that's Comparatively. The weak, that's the weakest song on a great album. Yeah, yes. But on, the, a, but yeah, on, a, on a Kiss album, album it's, <laughs> it's one of the best. Christian, what do you think about Silver Spoon? Oh, man, it is a darn, darn catchy chorus. Yep. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So that's a lot of it right there. Um I like the opening riffs. Uh, there's a little bit of rap and Paul on this. A little bit of rap and Paul. Yeah, a little bit of rapping. Um, that's cool. And then at a certain point, there's some backup singers, yes, right? Yeah. Which I think is really fun. It's kind of like Tomorrow and Tonight. Yep. Where you're like, whoa, I didn't see that coming. Um, and and then towards the end of the song, as it's kind of fading out, Paul is going into this crazy falsetto. It's almost like I was made for loving you. Yeah notes that he's going so high um so that's kind of fun also i just in uh, with the lyrics he talks about uh like my daddy said and mama told me Mm -hmm. and uh so he's really you know he listens to his parents yeah yeah he's a good kid yeah he's a good kid (laughs) he has not forgotten no where he he came from he he wasn't born with a silver spoon he wasn't i do like that because look kiss the guys in kiss came from nothing Yep. We always have to, I have to say that because the, I mean, what they've done and what they've achieved is incredible. And I know a lot of, a lot of artists do, but they really came from nothing. Yeah. Like when Gene came here, he didn't even speak English. That's right. So, and uh, sometimes uh, he still doesn't, but he just grunts and, right. and says, no, no. But, um, <laughs> okay, moving on. They definitely, they definitely had a writing session be- with this, with Vinny yeah. from, because he co-writes this next one with Gene. We're kicking off side two with Cadillac Dreams. Now, they're allowing Gene to kick off the side, so I'm a little bit nervous. So let's find out what Cadillac Dreams is like. It's going to be about getting rich. When I was 17, found out just what it means. If you can get it free, just Take it from 
Look, when Gene says he got, when, when rockers in general say they got into it for money and chicks, Gene really did just get in it for money and chicks. Yep. No musical integrity, nothing like that, just money and chicks. Um, that said, so far, that's my favorite Gene song of this album. Me so, too. Okay. Yeah, I was going to say, because it doesn't, while the production is mediocre. It's a little better, though. It's than, way, it's, it is better, and the, the, mu- the music. And the drums are saves it like that that's what i was like i i could have cared less what he was singing about (laughs) right right like yeah if it was an instrumental you'd be like hey that's great so i give it a yes and you give it a yes christian what do you think of that one i do give it a yes it's my favorite gene song on this album i'm I'm just so grateful gene finally gets honest about (laughs) i love money i want money money, i need money you know we finally get to know what he's really all about and uh um it's kind of interesting he keeps mentioning about when he was 17 so if you do the math, he was 17 in 1966. All right. So just for reference, I was you know. two. You okay. guys weren't here. You guys weren't here, right? I wasn't born yet. No, no I, was two. I was getting up there. Um, and then, uh, let's see. I was just gonna also. Um, at one point, he sings, "We're driving in a Chevy with Cadillac dreams." <laughs> And is that a is that a you know a, that's a, that's a pretty good lyric? Yeah, it's a good lyric. Yeah, is that a really kind of trashing poor Chevrolet? Though? <laughs> that, uh, like, hey, what? A, but oh well, they, they, they probably they probably didn't use a Kiss song in an ad, and so he's like, "The hell with them." Yeah, I'll show <laughs> them. Um, all right, coming up, a Paul song written with Vinny again, not Vinny Vincent, but Vinny Poncia. And again, this is, I read the song title, King of Hearts. I have no idea what I'm about to hear. I have no idea. That's. Is this going to be, because I can't remember from this morning, is this going to be like a playing card themed? I don't know. Maybe. There's there's a little element of that. Yes. All right. Let's find out. I'm a gambler. (laughs) Take off your clothes and we can play poker. (laughs) He's got, I know he, how is he not clever enough to say, uh, when we're in bed, I'm all in. I'm the king mm, of hearts. That's on the next album. All right, here we go. There. King of hearts. I, I have no idea what I'm about to hear. Wait. Wait a minute. She was just 19, yeah. but in her eyes, she was old enough to Look, know. I, oh, yeah. I got to give them props for in, in 1989 to... Make her of legal age. Though. Yes, they did make you. her of legal it age. It wasn't right. like she was just fifteen. Yeah, or six or, yeah. or Christine yeah. sixteen. Yeah. Yeah. Okay, I'm taking it from the top. By the way, um, so doing the math, she was born in 1970. We, we're talking a lot about <laughs> we're talking a lot about Gene and Paul, but uh, Eric and, and Bruce are n- nailing it on this album. I mean, they they sound great. Well, the drums are great. The guitar is great. Song we've been like. The, the the music sounds great, but the, like, yeah, it's, it's lyrics. It's, it's the lyrics, lyrics in production. In production. Okay, here we go.
Now, I never owned this album on vinyl. I bought this on CD. And so I think the reason I don't really know this song is because I I stopped going deep into this album. Like, there's a point where I would just be like, I'm only listening to the first eight songs and, and fast-forwarding through a couple of those. But um, this is not a bad song. I don't mind this song. I don't mind yeah, it. Yeah, I don't mind it. Right. I think the production is also bad on this song. Yeah, the production. Did they blow their production budget they on probably forever? On forever, yeah. They wasted all. <laughs> yep, we're done, guys. We're, we're, we just got to record it on we a micro eight, cassette. We did 80 takes of, takes of forever, so we need to do <laughs> one take on, one everything, take on else. everything else. One take on everything else. They hit record on the boom box. I just <laughs> went with it. <laughs> do you got any nerds for us? Oh, King of Hearts? Oh, always, yeah. Um, so in looking at Wikipedia, a guy named Ke- Kevin Valentine is listed as drums. Oh, really? And I don't know why. Uh, but he, Kevin Valentine plays, he's their secret drummer. Like he did a lot of Peter uh, stuff and a lot of, so he's their secret sauce. But yeah. I, but why, wh- wh- where was Eric Carr? He yeah. could obviously do this. I wonder right. if this is maybe recorded like, I, I don't know, earlier or something? Or like they know. just I mean, kept Eric, the drum track? I don't know. It's very weird. Yeah, I would love a I would love a book. I would love a Kiss book that had every Kiss song and it told you really who played on the songs. Yeah, I would love that. Yeah, uh, that'll be eight hundred ninety nine dollars. <laughs> <laughs> it comes in a coffin, which doubles as a cooler. Cooler, right? And, yep. Uh, yep. No, and, and a sex machine. <laughs> There's a hole where you can put your love gun in. We've recorded a hundred albums that will come out after we all die, <laughs> one per year. All right, more nerds on King of Hearts. <laughs> Gene Simmons' glory hole officially <laughs> sanctioned. No, um, uh, the opening riff. There's a. It's kind of a cool guitar part, which also does not sound like a Kiss song at all. Yeah. Until Paul takes over with the do it. You know, but whatever. Uh. I really like the pre-chorus, but I don't care for the chorus. All right. So go back and listen to that. And, uh, you know, she was just 19. um, But also, Paul proclaims that he's the king of hearts when she's lying next to me. So once again, the perspective of um, when she's lying next to me. And maybe other times, not so much. He He, can't rise to it. No. He's not the king. He can't guarantee it. Yeah. He can't guarantee it. Okay. I was hit on 19. (laughs) The next song, the next song was I. That's funny, I didn't give that enough. That's funny. Yeah, that, was a, that was a blackjack blackjack joke. Yeah. Uh, the next song is called. This is a long song title. We have a couple long yeah. song titles. This is called "The Street it, Giveth." It, uh, it really helps too when it runs. Uh, uh, the black font runs into into uh, the black the, the mm. shadow where you cannot even on the back of the CD. What are they thinking? Yeah, I mean, this may- is piss poor graphic design. <laughs> yeah, all, all all the song titles should have been in white on the back. Uh, just for reference, can you look at the? Can you see the? Can back, see everything? Everything on, that on the back album. of yep. Revenge. Yep. yep. Okay, so I'm reading on Wikipedia. Tommy Thayer plays electro acoustic guitar on this song, and he also played that on Betrayed. But this is the street giveth, and the street taketh away, and this is written by Gene Simmons and Tommy Thayer. So here we go. That reminds me of David Bowie, that, hey, man. Oh, yes. So yeah, that's there what, it is. It makes me think of that immediately. Here yeah. we go. Start over. Hey, man, 
<laughs> it's just um for me it's just it's just a song i mean it's it's not you know like if this if this is like a brand new band and they're just playing around the sunset strip trying to get a contract mm-hmm. but for for a veteran artist at this point like kiss it's just I mean, there's nothing wrong with it, but there's nothing great about it. That's just how this one is for me. What about you, Kyle? Yeah, I mean, it's... I hate I hate to keep harping on the production. This is just as bad as Love's a Slap in the Face production-wise to me. Yeah. Like, it's just, he's... It's weird, because he's, like, inconsistently... The vocals are on top, but then underneath... But there's no rhyme or reason to why. To so why or when. Yes. Yeah. So that's that's where I'm at. What about you? Well, I think it's got a good riff. Uh, there's a little acoustic intro, which I really loved. Uh, but the I'll rest, find it. rest of the song, not so much. I really like the title. It's you know long but intriguing. Yeah, it's, it's like, like a ooh. it's like a meatloaf title. Yes, but I felt the chorus lyrics are so disappointing. Yeah, because it's like street giveth street taketh away, um, where there's no blind justice. No way. I just was like, <laughs> he just oh, gave up. Just the yeah, yeah. I was like, he couldn't think of something. I, is that too much to ask? I just thought it was it, it, such a great opportunity it, it, to make something interesting. And it has that same, no way. like we talked about earlier, it has that same Gene Cadence of yeah. like, like that. give up and it take it away. It's just he only knows how to like do that one rhythm scheme. All right, let's find, let's hear And he's a bassist. Let's hear that top part that Christian was talking about. Yeah. Let's hear it. Yep, that's great. That's that's better than what we get when the song... Look out, look out. Yeah. Like, that's, that's a total Kiss intro. Look out! It is, yeah. And then a disappointing Kiss song. Yeah. It's almost like they said, Bruce and Eric, the beginning of the song, you can do whatever. And then when we yell yeah. something... Then we kick into the song right. like this. <laughs> yeah, when we say hey or yeah, then we start playing. When then right. we're in charge. Yeah. All right. The next another long song title. This is a uh, now. See, again, I can't recall what this song is, but it's written by Paul and Desmond Child, which makes me think that it should be great. And it's called "You Love Me to Hate You," which is I don't know. Here we go. It's a no from me. It just that just that should be a, that should be so much better with Paul and Desmond Child writing it. That that's like a, that's like a demo. It's not quite finished, but they put it on the album anyway. And again, we are we are we're tw- we're on song twelve of fifteen, and now I'm starting to get exhausted. 
with <laughs> with listening to this record. I'm just I'm and, exhausted. And wow, boy, they really bury forever in here. What do you mean? Like it's in the it's in the exact middle. Like I understand there's sides and stuff, but it's like yeah. in the exact middle of the album. Yeah, yeah. Just like <laughs> I know, it's not at the 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 last song on that side either. Like it's, no, it's just right there. I know, but it's crazy. So what do you think of this though? You love me to hate you. Well, the the first part of the verses reminds me of Stepping Stone. By the monkeys, but yeah, and whoever wrote that, like right. front page news, yeah, 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 yeah I can um, So uh, there's a little of that in the pre-chorus. There's some really cool harmonies that I like, um, but the rest of it, not yeah, not so much. Yeah. This one really didn't grab me, except um, there's a part of the lyric: "You're like a cat on a hot tin roof." The second Tennessee Williams reference on this <laughs> two, album, two, two of them. Well, you know, is "Hot in the Shade" a Tennessee Williams? <laughs> you know, it should be. It might be a line in some it play. I don't it know. It might be. Um, Look, if Gene's being in movies, then Paul's got to be theatrical yep. too. Phantom now, is big. He's going to be the Phantom some, right, <laughs> some right. time in the future. And then there's also a lyric where he talks about, you put your candy on display. <laughs> Just thought that was interesting. <laughs> you put your, your I like, candy. I didn't think that was a good lyric. I thought it was interesting. Um, and it's out there now, on display. Now, now here's what's here's what's troublesome for me right now. That's the last Paul song in the album. We have three more songs. Two are th- all written by Gene, two sung by Gene, and then one sung by Eric Carr. So, for me, without even hearing these songs, the album's over in my head. But we're <laughs> but we're gonna keep going. This one is somewhere between heaven and hell, written by Gene and Vinnie Poncia. So, again, can't recall it. Even from this morning. Oh, there's that Gene Groove. Yeah. Right, here's what I'm going to say. I don't like the song, but I feel like that song had some potential. I think this one needed a little more work, and this might have been one of the better Gene songs, which isn't hard to do on this album. I think I could write a song right now that would be a better song than Gene has given us, other than Cadillac Dreams we like. What do you think of this? Um, Yeah, I, I can't tell, like... I can't tell if this was if this had been earlier if I would like it better because I feel like I'm just <laughs> exhausted. You're exhausted. At this point. Yes, it's tiring. It's like it's kind of been the same thing from every Gene song, pretty yeah. much. Yeah, <laughs> mine is Cadillac Dreams, and I'm just like, uh, okay, yeah. So that's how I feel. All right, Christian, what do um, you got on the intro? There's some kind of cool crunchy guitar, 
And I wish there would have been more than that because once the song starts, it just kind of loses me. Yeah, you just tune, you tune out. Yeah. All right, I started 14 seconds in, so let me start it at the top and we'll hear some it of this just, yeah. cool guitar that you're talking about. Again, I think they were allowed to do whatever they wanted at the beginning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Just that, okay, there's not much to it, yeah. If there was a little more of yep. that, it could make it interesting and uh, incorporate it into yep. different parts. But once the song started, I kind of lost me. I so. really think an outside producer could have honed this down to 10 tracks that would have been killer tracks. Killer tracks. Yeah. They could have helped. Do you think lot. they were like trying to like producers it? They were like, we really want Forever to be a number one hit. So let's make 14 other shitty songs yeah. and just put them around <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah. So should, it looks just great by comparison. They should have just released a single and not done an album. Yeah. All right. So they finally let Eric Carr sing a lead vocal and they bury it at number 14 of 15 songs. After that guy went out on a limb and sang Beth for them. They do this. So this is called you know, Little Caesar. You should be thanking us for both opportunities. <laughs> uh, <laughs> he's the fox. Um, Eric, Written by Eric Singer, Gene Simmons, and Adam Mitchell. And this is Little Caesar. And here we go. Here we go. All right. Were I, they hoping the pizza place would uh, endorse this? I was just going to say, I've just become really hungry. Because he's like, he's like yeah. he says something like, is it hot enough? Yeah. And then in the in the second verse, he says, pan pan. <laughs> so, pizza, pizza. Okay. I can tell you for a fact, when I listened to this album back in the day, without looking at the liner notes, I just thought Gene was singing. Mm. There's nothing for me special about his voice in this song. It just sounds like he's almost aping the way Gene sings. It's just, there's nothing special about his vocal. He can sing, but it's not, it's not giving me something like, like when Peter or Ace would take a lead vocal, mm -hmm. you were like, Oh, this is Peter. This is Ace. Oh, I like when they sing. And this is just, you can almost see why, you know, if the song's not right, then why have Eric sing? So, yeah. What about you? And I don't like that song, to be honest. No. I, I honestly thought Gene at some point was going to come in and go, pizza, pizza. Like, <laughs> it's just like so. <laughs> hey, little Caesar. And this is, a this is the second, like, quote, name brand. There's Cadillac. Yeah, there's Cadillac. And, and then ah. little Caesar. <laughs> and then the last song's Boomerang. Now, I don't know if that's a name brand or not, but Christian, what do you have about little Caesar? Well, I like the kind of punchy attitude mm -hmm. of the riff. Um, I guess he played bass in addition to drums and singing on the oh. song. I kinda, so he's was, to blame. Was uh, <laughs> was Gene out like shooting that movie? Maybe could have been, <laughs> or just uh, you know, he was adding to his photo albums probably. <laughs> but, yeah. um, 
but you know his voice sounds good it doesn't really stand out like right. you say i yeah. agree with that uh but it does sound good um the drums kick some butt he's yeah. got sounded some really busy stuff going on with the bass which is cool um so it's fun uh but it also kind of makes me sad. Yeah. This was his last album. Yep. But at least he was able to redeem himself from singing Beth. Yeah. And he's got this. He gets this, one. Yeah, and, and he the gets drum, one. And the drumming's stellar. It is. So it's stellar. It is. All so. right. Closing it out with a song written by Gene and Bruce Kulick. It's called Boomerang. Let's, and again, I'm not quite sure what I'm going to hear. I just listened to it last week and this morning. And here we go. Boomerang. She keeps coming back like a boomerang. I really couldn't uh, understand many of the lyrics he was singing. I assumed this would be a song about a girl that keeps breaking up with him but coming back again. That's what I would get from a song. I throw her out. She comes right back. <laughs> right. First, right. First you're cold and then you're hot. You're in the mood and then you're not. You're up and you're down. Yeah. And all around. <laughs> yeah. Um, that does nothing for me. It, it, it just it's, it's hard driving and fast, but... That's not always what I want from Kiss. I want melodic and I want fun, and this that just doesn't have it for me. So it's a no for me. What about you, I, Kyle? I really like the drums in it, and I think I think Paul's contribution on this Gene song might have been turn up the drums, turn up the drums, turn them mm. up. like because it's just like that's the overpowering. Give me everything. some drums. But I like this too. Like you could, if it's called boomerang, you could play with the production a little bit, have it like kind of fade in one ear. And yes. Come back and come back around. Kind yeah. of like do something. How creative would yes. that have been? And that's but, what a, that's what a producer would do. Not these two lunkheads. <laughs> right. It's called boomerang. Right. Cause she leaves and comes back. Uh, the end. So yes or no. <sighs> Am I ever going to listen to this again? No. no. Like, so I guess no. Yeah. And I think, Christian, I think you liked it because I think you were into the drums. Tell me what you got. The I was, drums are great. I, I think the drums and everything Bruce does kick some serious butt. Yeah. Um, I, with speed metal? I mean, this doesn't yeah, really qualify as speed metal. No, but metal, that's what they're but, trying to ape, yeah. I think. Yeah. Um, yeah. And there's a little bit of spoken word mm -hmm. gene in the song. Um, and I like the end of it. The end almost songs like the end of a Kiss concert. I mean, not exactly, but it's just... It's bombastic. Let me get to it. Here, they get a good end, and then the... Yeah. They, yeah, they end it like they know that this is, this is the last track this of is the, the last album. track. Yeah. Like, this is the last song of our career. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, so they make it, they make it good. And big like that. Um, yep. Uh, like, what? yeah, just like any live song. Um, 
And then there's a lyric where I'm glad that Gene reassures us. He says, yeah, I know I'll get that. I know I'll get a bang because you're like a boomerang. So he's confident that everything's going to work out. And I'm glad he lets us know that. So that's about it. I get, yeah. You wanted the best. You got kiss. (laughs) All right. So the standouts, what song did, what are the ones that we all liked? I mean, we were fairly unanimous. We were. Throughout the entire thing. Yeah. Um, which goes to show you how hot and cold this album is. Yeah. <laughs> so we, we all liked Rise to It. All liked Hide Your Heart. Forever. Silver Spoon. The four Paul, great Paul songs. Uh, Cadillac Dreams. And mm-hmm. we all liked King of Hearts. All right. Uh, Kyle Hildreth has a two minute and 22 second wrap up for us. <laughs> cool. So let's hear it. Okay, let's talk about good songs on this album. All right. First of all, this album has 15 songs. Um, and it's better than the last one. It's better than Crazy Nights. No, it's not. But <laughs> I don't think it is. There. It's a Wait a minute. Album. Wait a minute. What do you think about that? Well, a couple of the songs, obviously, that we've talked about really shine out. But I think Gene has some good yeah. songs on Crazy Nights. And I think Paul's songs on Crazy Nights are great. I yeah. love My Way. Uh, Turn on the night, yeah. Crazy nights mm-hmm. and um, reason to live. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so, and and um, and I think Gene has some good songs on Crazy Nights. So I will disagree with Kyle yeah. Hildreth on that. And something to point out is uh, Crazy Nights is when they started using keyboards in yeah. a couple tracks, and that's history. Yeah. Not no, a no, not and, a plunk on this album. And Ron Nevison's production is way. Wait, they should have used him again. He could have he could have made these. I mean, yeah. I don't know if you can improve on forever. But anyway, back to Kyle. Um, thank God for Gene finally putting the effort in. Did, and Paul always what? was, but now he's back and he's we, not as hurt. So Gene put the no effort, effort in. they both put into this. You can see it and hear it, but you're not there yet. It's a very shallow album as far as um, quality, as far as songs. There's a couple good songs on here that, you know, make it worth listening to. So a couple that you listen to again, but most of the stuff, I mean, Cadillac Dreams, King of Hearts, Loves a Slap in the Face. We like to of love. Half of these I couldn't sing to you right now, and I heard the song, or this album, just last week. Um, <laughs> That's the problem overall I do like album. Boomerangs, yeah. the fastness of that. Uh, the drum work is very nice. You don't hear that a lot, that kind of style, except for maybe King of the Mountain. So good job to Eric. Um, I don't understand how Gene didn't give The Street Giveth and The Street Taketh Away to Paul to sing, because that would have been hilarious. The Street Giveth, you know, Taketh um, Away. Some parts of this album are good. Uh-huh. Read My Body, that's a whole different story. Rise to It is a really good song. I love the beginning with, um, I think it's Bruce and his blues slide guitar, and that's heard, really cool. I heard it was Paul and it's that good actually song too. did that. Oh, wow. Or I, I mean, read online. Uh, there's other good songs, too some of them but really not a lot um as far as my favorite for the album i'm gonna have to go with and courtney's gonna love this i'm gonna have to go with forever absolutely it's uh so good ballad but it's the best ballad i think of kiss's career i think they really put (laughs) they started off with all the effort in that and then wrote the rest of the 14 songs (laughs) this album that's kind of what we said it's an evergreen song i mean it doesn't sound of the time it's not i was made for loving you you can play it now. You can play it back in 88. Um, you played it at a wedding? At a bar so, mitzvah? Uh, yeah. I don't believe I'm saying this, but 
I guess my favorite song on Hot in the Shade is Forever. Well, we keep talking forever. Now, Bruce Kulick and Michael Bolton were in a band at one point Blackjack. called Blackjack. Yep, you know it. You know it. Well, That's he, where I got that idea for the King of Hearts. <laughs> you know I love a tangent. 21, baby. You know I love a tangent. So here's a little bit of Blackjack. This song is Love Me Tonight. Yes. Wait, no. Is that the song I want to play? D- d- yes, it is. So Blackjack, right on. 1979. Wow. I love this song so much. When Bolton sings rock and roll, he's got a real David Coverdale he does, vibe he to does. his voice. Um, yeah. We've talked about this on the show many times. His breakthrough album, The Hunger, um, Neil Sean and Jonathan Cain uh, co-wrote some songs and they nice. play on that. And I, if I ever got to interview Michael Bolton, I would ask him if he was asked to join Journey because it was at the time after Steve mm. left. And I feel like they were like working with him in the hopes that maybe this guy could join Journey. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know. All right. Kyle Hildreth recorded, uh, and Kyle, I'm sorry, I think it's just too long to play right now with where we're at in the show. He has like a five-minute thing about revenge and about the (laughs) album cover. And um, I think we're going to get right into the album, Kyle. I might tack your intro on after the playout song. But let's get into revenge this is a top 10 album cover that is a top 10 album cover kiss revenge it's uh what it is might it? be top like five or three it's uh what do you call that it's a it's a, a studio case what do you call that oh. what do you call like a case that the equipment's in when they bring it see i always thought it was the hull of like a plane because so, there are bullet no, holes there's in a see, lot of rivets no there's a see isn't that uh isn't that a, a i mean that's something to open a plane with because look at the inside there's like girders and shit in all right it. maybe it is maybe it is and it's just got the kiss logo and then in red just revenge one like word title ta- tagged on it it's a one word title um produced by bob ezrin who is back He's after back. after doing destroyer and the elder and look, the elder, you might not like it, but the production's not bad on the elder. I don't mm. think it is. Yeah. So this is this is it. Kiss is ready. They got Eric Singer in the band, because sadly Eric Carr has passed. Um Eric Singer came along because he played on Paul's eighty what year was that when Paul toured solo? I think in eighty nine Paul did a solo tour. So that's where Eric came from. Yeah. And um and let's just kick it off with I mean, we've been slagging on Gene. But Gene fucking steps up with this album, so much so that they let Gene, a Gene song kick off the album, and I don't think that has happened on any of the non-makeup albums. I don't think it has. And this is written by Gene and Vinnie Vincent, because mm-hmm. Vinnie Vincent is a great songwriter, despite being troublesome 
in the band. Back in the fold. Back in the fold. Back in the family. <laughs> Not talk about mom and dad. Talk about Vinnie Vincent. <laughs> All right. This, this song is fantastic. Unholy. So much to unpack. First of all, Eric Singer is my favorite drummer to ever play in Kiss, and that's nothing against the other drummers. He just has like he does these fills, and he has a, a finesse and a style, but he can also hit hard. He just does everything that I like a drummer uh, in a drummer, or what a drummer can do. Um, these lyrics mean something. This is an evil song. You can play this along with you know right next to God of Thunder or War Machine. Uh, or I Love It Loud. I mean, this is a signature Gene song. Put this in the set list every night of the week for me. You know, spit the blood and then sing Unholy. This song yeah. is a killer. Kyle. Yeah. This is a, I mean, I mean, even at the beginning when we heard there was some, there was some like atmospheric yeah, sound put in beforehand, which... The, again, those lunkheads wouldn't have thought of. Right. <laughs> it's like Bob Ezra. And like, right. yeah, the, yeah, set the tone here. Um, yeah, the lyrics tell a story. It's great. It, he's clear. Everything. You can hear clear. him. You the can the hear production. You the can... production. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Keep going, Kyle. I'm sorry. No, no, that's, so excited a, that's basically with... it. No, but yeah, you could hear every instrument. They weren't over top of each other. It didn't sound muddied. They weren't turning it up based on however they felt that second. Exactly. Exactly. And this album has, this album's got 12 songs, but really 11 because they close it out with Car Jam 1981, which is Eric Carr playing an instrumental. So, but it's really tight. It's got, if we're speaking about just traditional songs, it's got 11 songs. So, and Bob Ezrin producing and just Unholy is a killer. Christian, please. One, one thing I have to say about Eric Singer that I really appreciate mm. uh, is that he plays Pearl Drums. And for all the hardcore Kiss fans out there, remember on the back of the albums? Yep, yep. Kiss uses Gibson guitars and Pearl, Pearl Drums because they want the best. best. Yep. So I, I do really appreciate that. I think he still to this day plays Pearl. Um, but anyway, in thinking of this album, that it's just like, okay, ladies and gentlemen, we switch drummers. The new kiss. Yep. And, you know, with this track especially. And there's a part of the song, which is actually two minutes, 11 seconds, where it kind of goes into this super power jam. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's just killer. Intimidating. Yeah. Also, for whatever reason, you didn't see the album cover and then you just put on on the album. Yeah. 
you would immediately be like, oh, this is Kiss. Like, yeah. yeah. But this is great Kiss. Yeah. And and Gene finally got his non-makeup look together with this album. Mm-hmm. They did the black leather and Gene, I mean, that's a great cover shot. I like Eric Singer's shorter than everyone. So I think Paul's doing almost the splits. In yeah, there to kind of like to bring them balance down low. it out. But we get uh, and Eric, like a, and and Eric Singer's got that blonde hair because mm-hmm. it's non-makeup and he just looks. Uh, and he, he sticks out. He sticks out. And they in just a look, good way. look at that. They look. They actually kiss looks tough. Now think about yep. the tears are falling video <laughs> with the pastels and the fishnets and the glove, the fingerless gloves. Fringe. Yeah. yeah. And I saw this tour and they fucking rock. Is this yeah. the one where they had a um, Statue, Statue of Liberty? Yeah. So yeah. is that, did they repurpose the Sphinx the, face? The Statue of Liberty was cool because the face blew off and there was a skull under it and then the Statue of Liberty holding the torch, that blew up and there was a skeleton finger giving the finger. middle finger. <laughs> skeleton hand giving the middle finger. Alright. Gene kicks it off and he deserves to because that was a killer song. Now we move on to track two written by Paul Stanley, Bob Ezrin and Kane Roberts who was the super muscular guitarist with Alice Cooper for about three years. If you look up Kane Roberts, he's a big fucking dude. Yeah. Did he play with... No, no, no. Never mind. No, he didn't play with Meatloaf, but that's okay. Or Neil Young, I was thinking, but no, 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 no. I don't think he played with Neil Young. (laughs) That was a different muscular dude. (laughs) All right. This is Take It Off. It's his his, uh, celebration of, uh, of strip clubs. Take It Off, Paul. Uh-huh. I wanna watch the mess and shake it to the night the boys are making a hug. Oh, so I hop into my car, hit the local kitty bar. Cause that's my kind of situation when I need some perspiration. All right, look. He hops into the car, hits the local titty bar. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. Look, as far as a song about strip clubs goes, he leans into it, and I love this song. I really do. I d- I mean, it's it's silly and ridiculous, but the music's great. I think there's cowbell in there. There is. I yeah. mean, the guitar's great. The production is great. And Again, uh, I love when they all sing together. And I love when they all sing together. And um. He when pick, I, when I picks, need some perspiration, uh-huh. I mean, I just like it. I he love it. He picks weird times in songs. Because he says something about 1130. Yeah. And then, like, in Detroit Rock City, he's like, it's 9 o'clock. It's just like, a, it's just like weird. 9 to 10, 11, well, yeah. 11 yeah. 1130 yeah. rhymes with dirty. Yeah. Yep. But so, it's just really, it's just funny. It's just a weird yeah. time to say. And, this, and, you know, this, this, this song puts a smile on your face. And you're yeah. like, oh, Paul. But what do you think, Cod? Do you like it? I do like this. I think it's good to follow up on Holy. It's like... Not it's it's fun. Yeah, and that's the way you know that. Look, the album's not going to be all evil. Yeah, there's going to be evil in it, but not everywhere. So yeah, but it also cool. doesn't seem wildly, di- vastly different no. than unholy sounding. No, exactly, exactly. It's this is like a party song. Gene, yeah. the the Gene song is like your God of Thunder, and then this is your party tune. This is your shout it out loud, maybe. 
So what yeah. do you think? What do you think, Christian? Uh, the intro is cool, and but it's really different from the rest of the song. It could almost be its own song. Uh, and then, you know, it's it's just kind of nasty. Uh, it's it, yeah, got some it cowbell in there. I like how uh, it's the guitar does a kind of a arpeggio thing mm-hmm. in kind of the intro, but then it goes back. Bruce does a fantastic solo. Yeah. Um, and uh, it's hard to describe, but like the last couple of notes of his guitar solo seem very inspired by Ace. Nice. They seem very in the uh, the Ace genre. Um, and then didn't they? Okay, so I've got the video that was on uh, the box set of the Kiss <sighs> Kissology or Kissology. something. Kissology. Okay. Thank you. There's so many things. Um, but when you saw them live, they brought on strippers. Yes, they during did. The, yeah. yeah, they did. So they as, did. as far as a stripper soundtrack song, this is perfect. Yeah, this, this is a great one. Yeah. yeah. Were, were they trying to make this their like pour some sugar on me? Like yes, this is yeah. their strip club song. This is their Motley Crue girls, girls, yes, girls, yes. or your pour some sugar on me. Yeah. 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 They wanted to have one and it's it, it and it's on the nose as far as that goes. Mm. But um I'm gonna and play that's one of the lyrics. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna play the I'm gonna play the intro that Christian wants to hear. Yeah, so this is really what you hear right after Unholy Ends, and you're yeah. like, fuck, that's cool. Yeah, you know, it's like two different songs. They could they could yep. have just made another song off of the yep. intro. True. Um, and lyrically, uh, I like rhyming situation and perspiration. <laughs> And then, and then wave your panties in the air, lick your lips, and shake your hair. Uh huh. And when you spread a little oil, my blood begins to boil. Uh huh. I mean, and just the uh huhs. Uh huh. <laughs> so classic Paul. Yep. Classic Kiss. Yeah. Uh, co-written by Bob Ezrin. You mentioned that. And right? Kane Roberts. Yes. And Kane Roberts. Right. All right. Next up, another Paul song. It's called Tough Love, written by Stanley Kulik and Ezrin. So let's hear a little bit of Tough Love. Tough Love, it's, I don't like the song Tough Love, but I'm not going to say it's a bad song. I'm just going to say I don't like it. I think the singing's great. I think there's some cool things happening. I like when they go, the chorus, the song's called Tough Love, and I like how it's like tough, and then there's like some some time, and then love. I yeah. mean, so, and I can hear Gene singing the background vocals in there. So I don't like the song coming off the last two. It's It feels maybe it's not in a great spot sequence wise, or maybe it's perfectly sequenced, but that's never been a song that I, I like, but I don't think it's a bad song. I just don't like it. Kyle. Um, I was going to say it seems out of sequence too. Oh, well then maybe we are 100% correct, sir. But I'm looking at the, 
the list and I don't exactly know where I'd put it. Yeah, where would you put it? In Could the trash? Um, <laughs> Maybe it's just, it, yeah, it's just, it's out of, it's a weird third, like, it's a weird I don't know third if they're song. trying to put a slower song in to kind of slow it back down, mm-hmm. but like, I, I don't know. It's like kind of like putting in a speed bump. Yeah, I get it. I get it. All right. Christian? Not one of my favorites either, but okay. a lot of it does get in your head and yeah. stay there. Um, Bruce and Eric do some really good stuff yeah. on there, and the the kind of the, the forceful, syncopated parts I think is interesting. I yeah. make it, it makes a cool song. Um, and just one lyric. You said I should be gentle and be good, but hope to hell I would be bad. That's not bad. You know, your eye. Yeah, that's kind of cool. Your lips say no, no. Yep. But there's, yeah, anyway, that gets into a weird area. Sorry. Didn't mean to take it there. <laughs> uh, but anyway, yeah, it's, you know, not not a favorite of mine. Yeah, okay. But it is so, got a good, so it's, good riff. It, it's kind of a no from all of us on yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. All right. Yeah. And then this next song, now this is cool. Here's why it's cool. This is written with Gene and Paul. Now, they don't really write together for a long time. So it's Gene, Paul, and a guy named Scott Van Zen. And uh, it's got Gene and Paul listed as singing vocals on it. So the song is called Spit. I always thought that it was probably originally called Shit. <laughs> but then I think a Bob Ezrin says, guys, yeah. you don't want to have a song called Shit. <laughs> change it to spit like it because it's a it don't mean shit to me but yeah. spit is better and look that's just something i always thought i'm probably not right well also too this was around the time when they would have slapped a parental advisory on yeah so and that um, means a lot of their juvenile yeah. audience cannot purchase this right so that also was probably a business decision as well right. all right i'm taking this one from the top i believe because uh i love how this starts it's cool with gene And I'm not too clean, but I know what I like. If you know what I mean, what do people say? Well, Mr. Can't you see? It don't mean spit to me. Hot damn, blood above. Want a lot of woman with a lot of love. Well, thin to sin, but it's plain to see. It don't mean spit to me. All right, look, look, I, I, I have to assume this is Bob Ezrin's influence. Like when Paul finishes that line and then well, Paul goes to so far in the line and then Gene finishes it. I love when Gene says, ba-da-ba, ba-da-ba, and I love just the, the chunky, the guitar, the, the scratchy yes. at the beginning. This, this song fucking rocks. And here we go. Gene's voice is out in front of the mix and Gene's voice is great when it's produced correctly and it's when it's muddy and suck fucking singing boomerang bullshit it sucks but when it's unholy or spit it's well, killer and this and we really get to hear gene sing 
pretty much acapella. There's that shaker in the yes, background. Yeah, shaker in the background. And, and he's, Jesus. And he's crushing it. He's it's great. crushing it. I always think I don't like this song for some reason. Then when I listen to it, I'm like, oh no, I like the song a lot. Yeah. So, Christian, what, what do you got to say about Spit? Yeah, the, the song has a great variety in it. It keeps changing, and that way it keeps in, keeps it interesting. Yeah. Um, they're, uh, it's only three minutes and 33 seconds long, too. And there's so, much, yeah. there's so much happening in just in that minute that we played. Yeah, and I'm glad you got the lyric in about the bigger the cushion, the better the pushing. Most definitely. Most <laughs> I need a, and then, then there's like a Zeppelin thing. I need a whole lot of walnuts. Yes, it's like, right. And it's, you know, they're, it's... Uh, Yes, good good stuff. Um, uh, and I, I do really like it when the song picks up. I like the first part where Gene's basically a cappella, yeah. but then it really picks up. One criticism I have to say, okay. uh, at one point in the guitar solo, there's a little star-spangled banner. Mm-hmm. If I'm going to hear the national anthem on electric guitar, I want to hear Hendrix from Woodstock <laughs> and nothing else. I'm a purist. Yeah, I don't want to hear anybody do it on anywhere real. But whatever. I I want to read this. I found this in the liner notes. Okay, what's it say? It says, because I was looking for the Pearl drums thing that you had mentioned, but it says, Bruce Kulick plays ESP guitars with SIT strings through Marshall amps. Eric Singer uses Zildjian cymbals, Pearl drums, and DW pedals. Gene Simmons plays the BC Rich Punisher. Paul Stanley refuses to kiss ass. Oh, (laughs) yeah! Yeah, oh. he pl- yeah, Paul played everything. Oh, that's Paul, beautiful. And Paul just fucking uh, throws his whole band under the bus. <laughs> All yeah. right, coming. I, be- I love it. I believe on vinyl. I think this song closes outside one. It's "God Gave Rock and Roll to You." Here we go. Written by Russ Ballard, and then I guess additional lyrics by Stanley Simmons and Ezrin, and Gene and Paul both sing the leads on here. Eric Carr appears in the video, but he did not play on the song, but he he wanted to appear in the video. And from what I always hear is he played his ass off that day. So God gave rock and roll to you. Now, who this is this is a cover. And Our, it was it was for uh Wayne's uh, not Wayne's World. It was for Bill and Ted. Wayne World's Wayne's World too. No, I think it was, <laughs> no, it was for <laughs> Bill and Ted too. I think yeah, bogus The Bogus Journey. Yeah. Um and originally an Argent song, right? Yes, an Argent yeah. song. So Let's hear, uh, I don't know where I cued it, but I have two other cue points within the song. So we're going to hear a couple spots here. So here we go. All right, I just want to stop it because yeah. I love that Paul's singing the first part of the line and Gene's completing it. I mean, yeah. I mean, if you're going to pay tribute to the Beatles, that's the kind of thing Paul and John would do. So, and I love when they sing together. They should do. They should have continued it, to do it more. It, it just, just, yeah, gives you a chill. It it just feels right. It feels it's got right. That classic kiss. That yep. Here we go. Keep going. Okay, it says I want to jump it to 3 minutes and 14 seconds, so let me see why. 
3 minutes and 14 seconds. Oh, this. The acapella. God gave rock and roll to all right, and then it says I want to jump to 434. I think this is when Paul does his little his little speech part, yes, which more, is just... More rapping, Paul. Yeah. We've been given a gift. We've been given a road, and that road is rock and roll. He doesn't... He starts a sentence as zero idea where it's going (laughs) he just knows he wants to end with rock and roll or let's find out let's find out kyle you know people i know life sometimes can get tough and i know life sometimes can be a drag but people we have been given a gift we have been given a road and that road's name is rock and roll All right. I, I don't know how most KISS fans feel about this song, but I love it because they go all in. They mm. go all in on this song. The acapella, both of them singing, Paul's little shtick at the end. In any other song, this would be too much for one song. Or, but yeah, or it would be garbage. Or you'd be like, well. this sucks. But no, I think they killed this version. So I and love I it. Think that, and that's, let's give credit. That's probably Bob Ezrin. Do this. Put this here. Right. Let's try and, this. And they were listening. Thank yes. God they were listening. So I like Paul the song. Paul doesn't kiss Awood's ass. No, except <laughs> Bob Esmond's. Mm-hmm. All right. Christian? I originally didn't care for it when I was a punk in yeah, my yeah, yeah. early 20s, yeah. but I've grown to love it. It is such yeah. an anthem. And remind me, did they like always play this on the PA when Kiss was done with the concert? Uh, I don't I, remember. I don't I, remember. I've been to so many shows, but I can't remember. I, if like when the lights come up, it would you're be, all. It would be a great one to yeah to walk out of the show to for yeah. sure. Um, I wanted to point out Russ Ballard wrote New York Groove. Yes. Um, and he also did a lot of stuff on uh, some early Daltrey, mm-hmm. Roger Daltrey yes, he solo did. albums. Yep, absolutely. I thought that was very cool. Um, uh, yeah. Um, the trading vocals thing, obviously, I mentioned that before. Um, I like, I like the little uh, little breakdown mm-hmm. um, where they're all singing, and it's. Yep. I mean, it's almost like okay, angelic. Got, yeah, yeah, we got God. It's angelic. Yep. It's almost like a little boys' yep. church this, choir this or side something. S- the side starts off unholy and ends <laughs> and ends godly. That's right. All right, and uh, they uh, something I saw that Eric Carr. He does sing the line to everyone he gave his song to be sung. Yes, that's which right. Just all weaves into everything yes, else. He does do some vocals on he's it. He's got that one solo thing, but yeah. All um, right. And also, uh, you know, I like you got to put your faith in a loud guitar. You got to. And also, you got to sweat. Or you, I mean, it's never <laughs> too late. Do, you got to yeah. do all that stuff. Yeah. You got to. You have to. Yeah. All right. We flip this album over, and what happens? Oh, yeah. Gene kicks off side two. Gene gets to kick off both sides. And you know why? Because this is peak Gene. Gene is hitting a grand slam with this album. 
So some of the we now the episode at the time of this record, the episode that's up of Rock Solid is called Cringeworthy. And this song is featured on that episode because some of the lyrics are of questionable value. But the music and the groove and the way Gene leans into the singing, it's all good. So this is Domino. And now, Kyle, if you didn't know this, Gene's got a story for you. Let me tell you my story. I've got a man-sized predicament. And it's a big one. Goes like this. Yeah. All right, I'm going to stop it for a second just so I can tell you that Gene wrote this by himself. This is a Gene solo written song. Um, he does like a growl. He does a woo. Eric Singer just did this like fill, this thing that's incredible. And uh, I just want to jump ahead to, I have a couple marks here. I have one minute and 26 seconds. I'm not sure why I chose that, but let's find out. Start it right there. That type of bass thing that just and the owl. I mean, they're leaning into having fun. That's what I like about this album. It feels like they're rejuvenated in the studio and they're having fun. That's what I was going to say, too, because it doesn't feel like Gene just wrote this on the ride to the studio. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> this was fleshed out. OK, let's keep going. That's the line. Yep. It's a sticky situation because she ain't old enough to vote. Yep. So, all right. So she's, they've gone backward now, Kyle. She's (laughs) she's not of age. Okay. The drums are incredible. And that just that's just a little bit extra. Instead of just saying she's a bad habit that's good, she's three times. Yeah. And then good, good, good. Yep. All right. And then let's get to the the talking. I'm gonna part. say she's she's a no no no. She's a yes <laughs> yes yes. And they're like, no, why don't you say something a little more poetic? Okay. <laughs> all right. And here's here's the part that we all enjoy. Every damn time I walk through that door, it's the same damn thing. And that bitch bends over, and I forget my name. Ow. Yes, not 
<laughs> but before it and then that that bass line, that's like her bending over. That's like the sound <laughs> of her like that that I mean that Eric Singer drumming right after the boom and then that that's just crazy. Yes, it because it's um I guess you would call it a quadruplet because it's these four beats. Um you're going like snare, mounted tom, floor tom, bass. Um, but it's a big John Bonham thing. Obviously, he's not the only one to do it, but like... I assume, it, and I assume yeah. that's very difficult to do. Uh, it takes some practice, yeah, definitely. Yeah. Um, the first time I ever heard this song was on the Unplugged concert. Oh, yeah. That's what, it's great. Yeah, and it's really great on there. And and especially on that, you, you, get, you get to watch Eric and see what he's doing. And... Uh, just uh it really sticks out but yeah it's yeah. really cool that uh boom kiss kiss unplugged is when non-kiss fans were like oh these guys can play their instruments yeah because in an acoustic setting you can't really fake it right i don't think so and they still had fire <laughs> and uh i almost like bruce kulik's solo on this on the acoustic even a little bit better than this yeah. one yeah um and question though is man-sized and a big one. Now, is that, <laughs> is that redundant it's or it really needs, going on. It needs to be pointed out. It's a lot of stuff going on. There's a lot going on. Um, um, goes kind of like this. Boom. I think my only criticism is that, yeah, I heard the unplugged first. I think I like the unplugged version better. Yeah. But I do like this. Version. Okay. Yeah. And I think th- this is another great example of like, ladies and gentlemen, the new kiss. Exactly. Just, just the groove they get into and it's just nasty. All right, here we go, guys. Track number seven, written by Paul Stanley, Vinnie Vincent, and Bob Ezrin, sung by Paul Stanley. This one is Heart of Chrome. Heart of Chrome. Um, for me, this is this is like tough love. I don't think it's a bad song. I just don't really enjoy this song. It doesn't do anything for me, especially coming off of Domino that has so many cool things to grab onto. The vocal and the lyrics and the you know the um, uh, the acapella singing and the just all the cool stuff. Then Heart of Chrome just goes back to just something more like a basic track for me. And I, I don't enjoy Heart of Chrome either. Kyle? This is a second longer than Domino. And it feels a lot longer. It's, it does. It's, <laughs> it's very generic. I think it's, this is the this, first one, even though I like kind of didn't like Tough Love, at least it had its own sound. This is the first one that feels very, very this, generic. This is very, very generic. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Mm. Cr- Christian? Also a solid song, but doesn't really grab me yeah. that hard. Um, it's got a good chorus. 
kind of sticks in my mind. Um, But, uh, you know, it's, yeah, it's not that much. Uh, It's kind of cool. From what I remember, they double up the vocals on the chorus, but it's just a little note I put down. But yeah. uh, but also uh, lyrically, a- another one was you taped our sexy conversations and you sold them to the BBC. <laughs> how dare you? you? How dare how you? How dare you? And it also, it was originally called Heart of Nixon. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but all of a sudden we're in England. Yeah, I know. Why? And BBC One. And that BBC that two. must that must have been pointed at a girl he was actually dating. Mm. Maybe she actually did that. Yeah. Hello, I have some uh, tape of Paul Stanley. <laughs> I'd rather, Ace at I'd rather, Titty Bar. I'd rather be kissing her than kissing Jer. <laughs> Whoa! Oh, the... Everybody! All right! <laughs> Hashtag it. That was good. <laughs> that was that. Oh, so uh, here's, we're going to write a kiss song about Watergate, yeah. or we're going to write a Don't kiss let, song about right. All In. Don't let Gene hear all that. Gene will, will steal it. Open right. the floodgates, because it's Watergate. <laughs> Speaking of Gene, this next song is written by Gene Simmons and Jesse Damon. I don't know who Jesse Damon is. I have no information on him. But I got to tell you, Gene hits it out of the park again for me with a song called Thou Shalt Not. Just think if you took the best Paul songs from the last album and the best Gene songs from this album and had Bob Ezrin produce the whole thing, mm. be like the best Kiss album ever. Paul's not Paul's not um, failing on this album. It's just that Gene so far is finally stepped up to the plate and decided to be a member of Kiss. Went from zero to a hundred. A zero to a hundred. <laughs> I mean, really, this is just. I mean, I love that song too. That's just Gene is killing it so far. What do you think about "Thou Shalt Not"? Yeah, this is one that when I look at the title, I never remember until you hear it. Until I hear it, but then the part I like the best is the chorus, and it's just "Thou Shalt." So I yeah. think I should remember it. I don't. Yep. But, but I do. I do enjoy it. It's not uh, one I pull out and listen. To yeah, but I, I I like it. I also I also enjoy it. Um, <laughs> I I enjoy. Um, I love when Gene tells us how he lives his life. Yeah. I just appreciate yep. that, you yep. know? Uh, but good for Gene. He's just all in. Yeah. Uh, like you said, uh, you know, he goes into OT, Old Testament, it seems, <laughs> you know, with the uh, commandments and the thou shalt and yep. all that stuff. Um, and part of the guitar solo, Bruce plays like a little tiny bit of... In the Hall of the Mountain King by Grieg. <laughs> uh, anyway, you'll have to find it. 
You'll have to find it, but he just does this little riff. Yeah. Da 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 da. But and then he changes it. But and again, just on like this four minute rock song, "Thou Shalt Not," the Eric Singer Singer drums are special to me. They sound special, just in some. And he's not he's not doing the crazy rolls and the the. He's just holding it down. But it just sounds so good. Yeah. He just he's just that good. He's it makes it seem effortless. Yep. Well, also, right. like like you said, with all the little, there's like a, lo- a bunch of little musical nods throughout this album, mm-hmm. and yeah. it does sound like they're having fun in the studio. Like they might, yep. it's like the 10th take, and they're like, I'll do something different, and then that just sticks yeah. in. Yeah, they're throwing stuff against the wall instead of just bringing their demo and just laying it down. They're, yeah. they're I think they're trying to take the clay that they brought in and mold it into a, a, a lovely uh, chalice. Yeah. I don't know if you make a chalice out of clay. Okay. You could. Yeah, I suppose. I don't know. Whatever. Now. Gobble it. Th- this next song is a Paul song. It's written by Paul Stanley and Bob Ezrin. Uh, now, the last album, Head Forever, which is a power ballad. This next song, I don't think it's a power ballad. It's just a ballad, if that makes sense. It doesn't have that, but it's called Every Time I Look at You. So let's hear this. <laughs> Tried to say I'm sorry, I didn't mean to break your heart And find you waking up by the light of day There's a lot I want to tell you, but I don't know where to start And I don't know what I'd do if you walked away Tried to make it. I just got lost along the way. But every time I look at you, no matter what I'm going through, it's easy to see. And every time I hold you, the things I never told you. Cause you're everything to me it, it gets me right here It gets me too it's there it's this is a romantic Paul yeah. I mean we've talked about it before like Paul does more of love songs and then and Gene does the fuck songs, the lust, the lust songs. But yeah, I, I mean, it does not soar the way forever does, but I love this. And this just, this is just, just brings the album down and it gives us something that we haven't had yet. And Paul's just understated, almost whisper type vocal really gets to me too. I really like every time I look at you. Yeah. I, I like it too. It sounds like he. It's this sounds like the hundredth take of this song because his voice sounds very strange. Like it almost yeah. hurts my throat. Yeah, listening Try to, to say it. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. We're all on board. It. Yeah, I got to tell you something. There's a guy who's not here that might not be on board. <laughs> here we go. Uh, okay. No, one second. All right. I had to wipe my face off there. Sorry. <clears throat> just threw up from listening to this terrible song in Revenge. <laughs> Revenge has 12 songs. Um, that's probably the very tip-top of song limit per album I would go with. Uh, <laughs> anything 9 to 12, that works for me. 12 being on the high end, you're going to have a couple stinkers in there maybe, 
but you know that still works but there is one stinker on this album i mean you could maybe count god gave rock and roll to you i'm sure somebody's gonna count that as their least favorite song and that's understandable even though uh, they did what they did with it and it's a cover first of all okay not standard for kiss but they made it their own um and I wouldn't call it my worst song just because of the end, the all hell's breaking loose rap that Paul gives at the end. So he he oh, backtracked a little okay. bit. He he's getting ready to shit on this song, but he he backtracked <laughs> on saying that God gave rock and roll is also a bad song. Okay, let's continue. And that's just gold. Come on, again. I know that sometimes life can get tough, and I know that sometimes life can be a drag. But people, <laughs> that is pure gold. You don't get better than that unless it's from 1983. So, yeah, so that's not the worst. The worst one on here, and again, here comes the mirror image um, talk I'm going to give about this compared to Hot in the Shade. Hot in the Shade, the best song I thought on that record was Forever, the ballad. And this album where they try to do it again and mirror image, every time I look at you is the worst song on Revenge. It's, <laughs> it's, not, it's not the worst. a terribly made song. It's not terribly written. It's not, it's put together well. It just falls flat for me. Uh, I understand some ballads are great and some hit you in a certain spot for. See, that's what, this is what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, that's why I said forever is a power ballad and this is just a ballad. So maybe Kyle Hildreth leans more into a power ballad and isn't a big, just a ballad guy because he rocks, but, uh, yeah, it's it's three against one on this, and I'm sure Courtney would have loved this song too. Let's I'll let you uh, have your final say though, Kyle. Here we go. Because of the album or the place you are in your life, this didn't do anything for me as far as that goes. Oh, I love this cold-hearted album. Cold-hearted soul. Um, it's just <gasps> not, I don't know. Not a romantic. Just didn't hit me the right way. Sometimes albums do that. They got the weird ballad on there, and it's from a band you like. You're like, what are you guys doing? You just made a great album with a ballad a second ago. Don't do this again. We were weeping in here, in Kyle. We were crying. Especially with ballads in this time where they had to have one on the album. So you're going to get one. And I don't know. I know you have to do it according to rock and roll law from 1988 to 1992. But this is a big swing and a miss. No. So, yeah, no. that's my worst uh, song from this album. It gave me a chill. Christian was clutching his heart, and even uh, even our cold-hearted young Kyle liked it. Yeah. I, I, when people say that I don't like things, listen to Kyle Hilder. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on. Three yeses oh. and one no from the woods of Western Mass. Right on. All right. right on. This next... Oh, do you, oh, do you have info uh, about it? I was it? just going to... Uh, you know... Um, Nerd it up. J- it's so well-constructed. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's great, and I love the strings coming yeah, in. Yeah, yeah. It really takes you. This is the guy that brought us Beth. Yeah, Bob. Y- yeah, Bob Bowsman got the strings in there with you know great expectations and all those songs. Yeah, right, right. So. They do a key change right before they go into the bridge, and um, one thing Paul was with his first wife Pam Bowen. Okay, and I, you know, I have no idea. I wasn't on the inside, but right. You know, I wonder. If something happened earlier in their relationship that he really needed forgiveness, yeah, um, maybe. I mean, who knows? It could be fictional, but uh, I don't. I again, I think the lyrics are so just honest. And yeah, they pure. are. They're, yeah, they're and, not. Uh, they're not forced. They're not. Yeah, it's just like he sat down one night and just these just came out. And yeah, just wrote them. 
And I every time I put a log in your fireplace <laughs> at the local titty bar. Uh huh. Merry Christmas. Uh, but also, the first time I ever heard this song mm-hmm. was unplugged. Yeah. Um, and since Kyle went back to God Gave Rock and Roll, there, I forgot to say. Um, so in that rap, he says, yeah. "We have been given a road." And that road, yeah, is rocking. For the longest time, I thought he said. We have been given a role, R O L E. Okay, okay. Which I think is cooler. That works it's like, too. We'd be given a role, and that role is rock and roll. Sometimes the misheard lyric can be better. Yeah. There's a bathroom on the right. <laughs> All right. This is the last song uh, by Gene on the album, written by Gene and Bob Ezrin. I'm, I'm sorry, I'm all of a sudden burping. It's paralyzed. All right. Um, for me, that's the that's the weakest Gene song on the album, and I mean, but Gene songs are so strong on this album, so one of them has to fall to the last spot. But um, but I like that more than the other two songs of Paul's that I don't care for: "Heart of Chrome" and "Tough Love." Uh, but if we we're putting everything in order, "Tough Love" is at the bottom, and "Heart of Chrome," and then "Paralyzed" is just above that, even though I do like it. If that makes sense. I don't know if that makes yeah, sense. That makes sense. All right. All right. Kyle, what do you think? Yeah, this is the first super generic Gene song. Yeah. This I harkens think. back to what we and know of Gene is, before. It's, it's it's my same issue with Heart of Chrome where it just is like, just kind of uninteresting and forgettable. It's right. not bad. It doesn't feel out of place in the set list, but it's just like, okay. Okay. Yeah. Fine. Thank you. Yeah. I would have to agree with that. Um, I it seems like the same old thing. Even a little bit of it seems like spit. Kind of feels mm-hmm. like spit, but that's yeah. a spit's a better song. Right. Um, though there's a there's a point where it, things break down, and Eric has got kind of a real cool funky mm-hmm. thing that he's doing, but that's about the only redeemable thing I yeah. think. But I do like the rhyming phrases where he has uh, in my eyes lobotomized, cold inside. Anesthetized, anesthetized, and paralyzed. All right. I yeah. mean, uh, yeah. hey, all right. Know that I've been paralyzed. <laughs> all right. A for effort, whatever. Um, Wikipedia is telling me that Vinnie Vincent plays the guitar intro of Unholy. It's also telling me Kevin Valentine plays drums on Take It Off. Oh. Dick Wagner uh, plays, he played with Alice Cooper, so he's a friend of Ezrin. And he also, Wagner famously played a solo on Destroyer that. Ace couldn't get. I forget oh. which song it is. I'm sorry, but it says that he plays the guitar solo on every time I look at you. Oh, 
And then, okay, and that's it. Okay, yeah. so uh, moving on to the last proper song on the album, and, and our playout song today will be Car Jam 1981. We're going to give Eric Carr his props. But this song is written by Paul Stanley and Vinnie Vincent, and this is, and again, uh, this, could, this could also be played at a strip club uh, and danced to. This is I Just Wanna, and I want to take this from the top. Here we go. I got a body built for sin and an appetite for passion. There's that Eric Singer role yep. thing. Real fast. Yep. So he gets a little cheeky there with the I just want to fa. Uh huh. And then it's forget you. So yeah. I um that that's just a fun Paul song, and I really like that song. It's just it's just fun. And I love again, he, he leans in with the S's and he doesn't care. Got a body built for thin and an appetite for passion. Um yeah, I think I mean I, I think, you know, I think that's a fun song. Kyle. Yeah, I think that's a fun song. I think it's I think they have the right amount of fun behind it that it doesn't because if they sang it like they did anything on hot in the shade oh, I know. it would seem too serious it's like oh you're just a fool like they're in on the joke which yep. makes it a better song yep agree agree like uh it. and what do you think of it christian this is my favorite song on this album oh, i think look it's at great that. it comes in so strong yep it's pure paul um so I yeah I think it's great I like his imagery where he start talking about Roman candles and dynamite and uh, it's an offer too big to refuse and little snakes on the ground <laughs> papas uh, but no it, I think it's just solid solid and so once again whatever Bob Ezrin you know contributed to the whole thing it's um, it's working it's working yeah. it's working um, I like it. Good deal. And um, Kyle Hildreth, he has some closing remarks. And then Kyle, a couple of your um, a couple of your audio things that I didn't play because I didn't feel we had time. I will I will tack those on to the end of the episode. So after the playout song, all your stuff will play. So you will get your your say and, and without us talking over it. Yeah. All right. Here's some. You'll here's, get final say. Yeah. Here's some forty second closing remarks. Hey everybody, it's old Kyle again, and just want to take this time to say thank you, uh, Pat, especially for letting me mouth off about these two albums. <laughs> mouth off. Revenge being such a great album, and Hot in the Shade being Hot in the Shade. Um, and of course, young Kyle, Courtney, and Christian, you guys are so fun to listen to, and I'm Aww. honored to be able to do this with you um, this time and the last time. So thank you so much. And the next and time, for making it so Zoom. fun too. And I can't wait to see you guys in the Zoom room next time. Ah, yeah. Yeah. Yeah? <laughs> okay. Um, <laughs> until next time, this is old Kyle out in the woods of Western Mass saying thanks. All right. Cool, cool, cool. Okay, this was fun. Um, 
God, could you imagine if Revenge would have come before Hot in the Shade and we had to close out with Hot in the Shade? Oh, boy. I'm going to open that window up. We would have all jumped head first into the neighbor's yard. Play your, your flagellants song. <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you, Christian, for being here. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, I can't wait to... Uh, look, we, we got three more of these that we're going to be able to do. We got six more albums, like I said. And... Uh, Next up, what is the next? What's the next I, one again? Carnival of Souls. I don't know that one at all, so I got to start listening. It's now. all like, it's kind of grungy. It's kind of like leaning into the Seattle sound. But it's all like, it's all set, isn't stuff that was pieced together and made to be an album. Like it's not. It wasn't sat down it, and it, recorded. It's called the Car- Carnival of Souls, the final sessions. Yeah. So it was going to be the follow up to Revenge, and it has a totally different feel than Revenge. Like for me. I would have loved Revenge 2, but they were doing something different. So we'll hear it next time. We'll hear it next time. Until then, Kyle Dotson, where can we find you? Find me uh, at Kyle Dotson Funny on all the socials. All right. And Christian, are you on Instagram? I am on Instagram. But not Twitter. Not Twitter, but Facebook and Instagram and YouTube. And I'm going to keep contributing more things to my YouTube channel. The last name is spelled M-A-L-M-I-N. Malmin. Yeah. Or Malmin. Well, it's, it's, I say Malmin. Is that right? Yes. It's like shopping mall opposite of nice. It's <laughs> it's it's pronounced the opposite of how it's spelled. All right, just all right. to keep everything convenient, you know. And then tell us your handle for Instagram so people can follow you. Um, Christian Malmine actor. All right, just that at Christian Malmine actor. Yeah. All right, and Christian spelled the traditional. Yeah, C H R A S. Yeah, all like right. Christian Bale, Christian. The religion. Slater. The religion. The, uh, the religion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Uh, we are at Rock Solid Show. You can go to rocksolidpodcast.com for all things about the show. And to support the show and and show content creators like myself I'm that you care. Please, what did you say? I, I went to follow Christian, but I was already following him. <laughs> I was like, oh, I'm already following you. Sorry. To support the Thank show you. and and show content creators like myself that you care. And what we do is worth uh, our effort. Please support the show at patreon.com forward slash rock solid podcast. Thank you, Kyle Hildreth, for all your uh, work and you're doing the artwork for this episode, so thank you for that. And with that, let's close it out with the song that actually really ends the album. It's called Car Jam 1981, Rock and Peace, Eric Carr. Thank you, Kyle. Thank you, Kyle. And thank you, Christian. And this is Car Jam 1981.
Hello, everybody. Welcome back. This is old Kyle again, and I'm here to talk about Kiss's follow-up to Hot in the Shade, the vastly superior Revenge. What an album this is. Uh, I mean, the best way I can describe it is it's a mirror image hot in the shade. You take hot in the shade, you put it up to a mirror, you're not going to see a sphinx with sunglasses in the mirror. You're going to see the back or the side of a 18-wheeler chrome, mind you. Uh, bullet holes and in, shot into it with Kiss spray-painted on the side. And it's not glossy and clean and um, fancy. It's dirty. It's very much what everybody loves so much about Star Wars when it first came out in 77. It looked dirty. It didn't look clean and pristine and perfect. And that's what this cover is. Um, it's a great idea for a cover. I don't know if this is how they felt now that Gene is fully back into the band and putting his efforts into it all, which he is because it's been growing too. Um, Crazy Nights, Hardly, Hot in the Shade, Halfway. And this is the culmination of, I think, at this point... Everybody putting their all into the band except for poor Eric, who died. <laughs> and they got they got Eric Singer, who... I, I'm very conflicted on Eric Singer. He's a great drummer, but he is very much a session drummer in my eyes. I never hear his stuff and say, oh, that's Eric Singer. I know that role. I know that fill, that kind of style. It's almost like he's so good at playing with other people he doesn't have his own style maybe I just don't listen to him enough and don't notice it but when I heard him with Alice Cooper he was great but I didn't notice the style and the past what 30 something years now with Kiss just again he fits it perfect he does everything he should but I don't know he's just I liked Eric Carr better because of his style his thunder that he brought and Eric, Hart, Eric Singer does a great job, like I said. So he's a great addition. And even on the, the back, not the back cover, but the photo on the inside booklet where they show the band, the band again, this time Bruce gets to be in the band. And he's connected with Paul doing his splits and Eric next to him and Bruce is facing them. And Gene's the one on the outside, the one set apart a little bit. And he should be because he's Gene. He's Gene goddamn Simmons. And he acts like he acts and he is who he is. And he's the, the demon. And he's got a ponytail now. How crazy is that? How Who would ever say this is the album finally when Gene has a ponytail and it rocks? Oh, it's such a good album. Um, I know it's not for everybody. It's a goofy album. It's very... Way too much testosterone. Way too much testosterone. Um, silly lyrics, goofy attitudes, the whole devil angle, devil, devil, devil angle of it in some parts. Um, way too much sex, way too much this and that. But that's what this album is. It's all that stuff they've trying to been try have brought pick it out. This is all the stuff they have been trying to do in the 80s, finally coming to a head in 92, and finally coming all together at once. I don't think it was just Bob Ezrin producing again, although I think that's a big part of it. I think it's Gene putting his effort in. I think it's Ezrin at the helm. I think it's Paul finally getting out of <laughs> whatever hole he was in to put out some powerful lyrics, some good songs, some writing from an angry point at some points and at some points just um, 
I guess sewing or feeling is out. Not sewing. I don't think there's anything of that. But just feeling alive, it feels like. And like I said, I know this album's not for everybody. It's very of the time. Well, really, it's maybe like all Kiss albums, four years ahead of or past its time. But it's a great album. And the covers, the art direction, very good. Hugh Syme, which it's a little of that time, too. Uh, Kix's Hot Wire from 1991 has almost the same look to it, even though it's not the same um, imagery, but it has the same kind of rusty, dirty, smudgy kind of look. And that's Hugh Syme. That's what he does with all the... Megadeth stuff he's done that's what he does with all the Rush stuff he does um, that's just his look and that's fine it works perfect for this and it's a great concept so much better it's dark Hot in the Shade was light for the most part um, and it's revenge it's it's the attitude of the whole album alright now this is an album this is something we can talk about I know it's not everybody's favorite but and I know uh, Courtney, you're probably going to make fun of me for all the testosterone kind of lace talk, but there's going to be a lot of it. This is a great album. Ten great songs, one turd, one eh. Um, and out of those ten, this is going to be a mirror talk again about Hot in the Shade. Just the same as Hot in the Shade, every song on there had something that was likable. This album, Revenge, has every song has something likable, but the songs are good. They're more memorable. They're put together more, I don't know, better. They're written better. It's just a better album all the way around. It's like they finally reached what they're trying to accomplish all throughout the 80s, or at least the second half of the 80s, and it all came to a head with a revenge. Unfortunately, Eric Carr couldn't be there, but they threw Car Jam 81 on there. How cool is that? Bruce goes back and writes solos and licks for the, for, and makes a song out of... Uh, you know, kind of the scraps that Eric had laid down, and those drums. That's everything you heard from Hot in the Shade down to, I would say, The Elder. That drumming is almost better than everything he's ever done in that one song. And it shows off different styles and different... Ugh, just everything's so good. So, Car Jam 81, um, not my favorite, but I love it, and I love that they put it on there. That was very classy and nice of them. Um, all the other songs are great, from Spit with... Love that. That's just insane, of course, because it's Gene. But it's uh, it's Gene. I mean, everything on here. He did Unholy for crying out loud. He did a devil song. He did an Ozzy song. And it's just... It's insane. And it's great. It's It rocks. It's one of the heaviest things I think they've ever done. Um, Paul is back to full strength Paul with just, I just want to take it off. Oh, it's just hard chrome. All these songs are so good. Bruce, again, unsung hero of this era is Bruce. All of his stuff beforehand, again, was great. Maybe a little here and there, you know, depending on production styles. It's so well produced. It's so well written. Even the parts he's ripping off, the Hall of the, the Mountain King, Hail, Hail to the Mountain King, Hall of the Mountain King, one of those, and um, the Star Spangled Banner, those little you know licks he pulls off, they're so good. It's exactly what you want to hear, and then everything else he does is great. And it's smooth, it flows, it sounds great. Oh, so good. Bruce, Bruce again, unsung. Um, 
But my favorite song in this one, and again, this is a crazy album with so much testosterone. I'm sorry, I'm getting to it. Don't worry. Um, How do you not go with Domino? From the silliness of the lyrics, and I'm sure as sexist and as goofy as it is, if you see him in concert with his own band or with Kiss even, I would think. Tell me, Courtney, you must know. Does everybody not sing that when that bitch bends over, I forget my name, out loud, with a smile on their face? Yes, of course they do. Great song, great groove, so well written, so well put together. It's exactly what you want to hear from Gene, and it's goofy. And it, it makes you smile, and even if you don't like it, you can tap your toe to it, and you can definitely sing some parts of it too. So yeah, my favorite song off of Revenge... And there's a lot to choose from. I think I'm going to have to go with Domino. I know sometimes life can be tough. And I know that sometimes life can be a drag. But people, we have been given a gift. We have been given a road. And that road's name is Rock and Roll.